Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, YouTube? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Tuesday, August 22nd, 20 and 23. We've got a loaded show this morning. Bucky's second tip for kids in the car line coming your way at 815. Legendary lifetime Longhorn Quan Cosby. Yeah, I think we can call him a legend now that he is in the University of Texas Athletics Hall of Honor. Quan Cosby is going to join us at 830. Plenty of Longhorn football talk, plenty of baseball talk, plenty of college football talk. We are locked and loaded, taking you all the way until 10 o'clock right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Good morning, Buck. Good morning, BK. How are you this morning, my man? Uh, I am fantastic. I got uh, me a new bed here in Austin. I've upgraded from the queen to the king-size mattress because, you know, I'm a king. You are, you are the king and more room for the heifers. More room for the heifers. Yeah, I could probably fit two of, two of them in that bad boy now. So that's, yeah. that's very exciting. So, no, I'm uh, I'm doing great. I slept well. You told me before the show, though, you uh, did not sleep so well. No, I didn't. I had a rough night last night. You know, we got a lot going on, and, you know, I have to prepare myself when I get ready to have that day off. You know what I'm saying? I need to focus in on what I'm going to be doing while I'm away from this show. So I didn't sleep real well. And the dog was making dog noises, like, you know, licking himself last night. And I, I'm a really light sleeper. I have a real hard time. I am truly the watchdog of this household. Like anything that moves in the house or, I mean, I can hear stuff happening on the other side of the house. And this is a, this is a kind of a big place. And, but I don't, I, I, I'm very sensitive to sound at night. You know, I'm very sensitive to, like, if a car goes by the road and the lights come into the room, I totally wake up. Mm. I go right back to sleep. And, you know, and as, you know, for me, I'm going to get up and have to use the bathroom a couple times a night. And when I do that, before my pillow, my head goes back and hits the pillow, I'm already asleep. I don't, you know, my friends my age are just a little bit younger than I do. If they get up, they stay up. They can't go back to sleep for hours or they can't go to sleep for an hour. And for me, I'm in midair with my head, and I'm already asleep again. So I, 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 I just don't get that. What is that? That REM sleep or whatever the hell it's called. I don't get. I don't get that that often because I'm always kind of semi awake, semi asleep. And last night, the dog and his little, you know, they chomp at themselves and they move around. And dog doesn't sleep near me. He sleeps with my wife on the other side of me. But I can hear it all. I can hear all the movement. So I got up and went up the 18 flights of stairs. No. No, 18 steps. Yes. To the sofa up here. And I and I did that at like 1130 midnight. And I slept the remainder of the time up here. That was not what I needed. But what I do always need is my relax the back for sure. And folks, relax the back is absolutely the very best. And of course, Jason Caldwell over there. I've, I've been looking for something that will give me the support I need. And believe me, they have done that for years on end right now. And so I'm so much more comfortable just sitting here and not having my eyes closed than I was trying to lay on the bed last night and get some rest. So relax the back knows exactly what to do for me. And they've been doing it for years. I'm going to have to put this in the bedroom 
So when they start, when all that noise starts happening, I'll just slide over to my relaxed back to my chair and get some rest. Now, You're going to sleep in the chair sitting up like that? If I had to, I'll tell you, that was miserable last night. That dog. But let me just say good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world of sports and other things out there. We thank you like we always do. Thank you so very much for your service and thanking you for giving us the opportunity to do what we do each and every day. And I am so excited to do it this morning for sure. Amen. Amen. You couldn't kick the dog off the bed last night? No, my wife said, why don't you wake us up? We could have gone. You know, we have a guest room here, obviously. But I'm not allowed because I'm a filthy, filthy animal. I'm not allowed to sleep in the guest room. I don't get to get up and go in there. I, I, that's just part of the deal. What? No, it's better that I wake her up and send her and the dog to the guest room. But I'm not allowed to have my body underneath the covers over there. <laughs> Is that her rule? That's a rule. We have rules Ew. here. I'm not allowed to use the stove. I'm not allowed to use the washing machine and dryer. And I'm not allowed to sleep in the guest room. Other than that, I'm allowed to do everything I want in this house. I'm not allowed to wash my own clothes. Okay, well, that's not a bad thing. That means she does your laundry, so it could be worse, right? Yeah, but I'm, I was used to doing my laundry ever since I was a high school kid. My mother never had to do my laundry. I, I did. I, one of the first things I learned is how to use that washer and dryer so that I can do my own laundry. But here, for some odd reason, there's nickels and quarters and dimes and things <laughs> and tees and things like that divot tools she does not want that washer dry and the same with the stove it's a it's a weird electric stove you have to have a certain kind of pan on the stove okay and you can't have any over pouring like i would do you know stuff would come over the top you can't do that on the stove i've never used the stove here i, I can use the microwave or the fryer <laughs> but i can't use the stove or the That's amazing no those we have rules i, I can't figure out the elderly, elderly yeah you have to stay away from the stove and the washer and dryer. Oh, my God. I can't believe she won't let you sleep in the guest room. Like, I figured she'd no. kick your ass out of her bed and move you there all the time. But she doesn't even no. let you do that? You've got to be resorted to the couch? No, that's 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 the COVID room. When COVID was going on, one of us would go stay over there. Or when they, oh, we got a cold. You know what I'm saying? But, you know me, I'll never have the flu. Yeah. I never have to worry about any of that stuff like the flu. I only, I only, get, I only get the COVID, so I don't get the... The other stuff, so everything everything else is you got a mysterious hand handing you stuff over there today. <laughs> that was the hand of the lady that's supposed to be working out right now. Mm. Yeah, she's she's verifying that those rules are in fact true. You can't use the stove, you can't use the washer and dryer, and you can't sleep in the guest bedroom because you have rules in your house. That you is have amazing. Have rules, man. People need rules, man. Those are some good ones right there. Ronnie asked, will Bucky continue the mullet open? Buck, I'll let you answer that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get that going. That will get going, uh, Ronnie. Uh, we'll probably start talking about that. I mean, it's not till next May, but we'll start doing that stuff in October. So, And, of course, no, you cannot sign up now, Ronnie, to have your foursome in the mullet open. <laughs> Nancy Darling won't let that happen until January sometime. So there will be plenty of room. We'll make sure we, we track – we're going to try to at least get that thing to 25. This will be 23 coming up. I think we deserve to get at least till 25. And then when we get to 25. Somebody will say, well, why, why not 30? Come on. You're still around. Yeah. Yeah. So Keep that thing rolling. People love that. That's, that's one of my favorite days of the year. I know a ton of people feel the same way. Well, we'll get it done. We'll continue. To, we'll continue to do it. So we'll, yeah. it will be going for number 23. And 
Tito and the gang will be there for us and all these wonderful sponsors who have been a part of it that you see on this board in front of us will continue to be a part of that. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I, I can't get too excited until October. I need right. to chill out. Yeah. First of all, yeah. I need to get out of this heat before we go to play in that heat in May. <sighs> yeah. I hope it's uh, nothing like what we're having right now, oh. weather-wise, because it is miserable. Don't worry. The rain will be here tomorrow. Is that what they say? No, that's what I say. Okay. So, no, the rain will not be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the farmer's almanac, you're trusting that? Or is this just something you feel in your fake knee and fake hip? Well, I'm, I'm part farmer's almanac and just part buck intuition about being a weather guesser. Uh, yeah. So it, it's not going to rain tomorrow and the drought will continue. Thanks for that, Hex Buck. Con Cosby joining us at 8.30. Bucky, something happened in the sports world last night that hasn't happened since 2015. The Baltimore Ravens lost a preseason game. This was on Monday Night Football. It was actually like an entertaining game, like about as entertaining of a preseason game as you could possibly get. This thing was back and forth. You could tell both teams really wanted to win, which is not something you get very often in the NFL's preseason. But the Washington Commanders, thanks to a game-winning field goal by former Texan Joey Sly, uh, with 14 seconds left, they found a way to end the 24-game preseason win streak that the Baltimore Ravens had buck. That was like the safest bet in all the sports. It was that and yeah, betting on a Bob, uh, Bob Baffert horse in a triple crown race. Cause you know, he's cheating and injecting <laughs> all of those ponies with uh, steroids. The Ravens had won 24 straight preseason games and the commies, they find a way to get it done. Yeah. Fine. I mean, fine. I really, I was excited for, I watched Sam Howell play in that game and he looked sharp. I mean, he looks like a young guy that can figure it out. And you know, I mean, I like the way their offense is geared right now. You know, very similar to what Kansas City's doing. You just got to protect them just a little bit longer. And I thought they did that last night. They found some wide open guys. And then those tight throws, he made the tight throws, I thought, last night. He's going to be their starter. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be their franchise quarterback. He looked good enough to me. He looked like an NFL quarterback last night with that commanders or commandos or whoever they're called. <laughs> They might be changing their name again soon. Did you hear back that? To the Redskins. It sounds like they may go back to the Redskins. Who knows, man? One of, the, one of the tribes said, hey, you know what? What's up with this deal, commanders? We need it to be the Redskins once again. Oh, one of the tribes said that? Yeah, they got a petition sent out there that they, they want, want it back to being the Washington Redskins. I thought the tribes were upset, or no, is that a bunch of white people who were upset on behalf of the on tribes? On behalf of the tribes, yes. That's, yeah, that's usually sure. how it goes with people being offended. It's usually not the group itself that's offended. It's usually some other group that's... With the agenda that's offended? Yeah, they're yeah. being offended on behalf of other people. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'll tell you what, the Washington football team or the commanders or the guardians or whatever the hell we're supposed to call them these days, they made a lot of money doing that bit. You know, they like did. People were buying Redskins stuff, then they bought football team stuff. Now they're buying Commander stuff. They might change the name again, so they're going to have to buy that merch as well. They won't that be buying marketing. Daniel Snyder stuff. They won't have to worry oh. about that. No, That's no they won't. But uh, you're right. I mean, Sam Howell looked good. It was it was pretty pathetic. The reaction on the Commander sideline last night. Like I get it. Like it's it it once again is something that hasn't happened in eight years in the NFL, somebody beating Baltimore in a preseason game. But like the commanders really, really wanted this man. And they, I don't want to go super overreaction and say that, Oh, they celebrated like they had just won the super bowl, 
No, but they did celebrate like they had just won a regular season game. Like it was, they, they were, the fans were going nuts. You know, Buck and Aikman were on the call on Monday Night Football. They were talking about how loud it was at FedEx Field. You know, guys were hugging each other, jumping up and down. Like it was like kind of pathetic just watching how much that game meant to Washington. As if they had some money on the game. Oh, they probably did. Being the Ravens, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure they got a few Iowa State guys on that uh, on that team. Oh man. But yeah, I mean, it was like they had played their whole first team the entire first half, and Baltimore played none of their starters, and they they just barely won that game against Baltimore. Now everyone's sitting here saying, "Oh, the commies, they might be for real this year." Oh. That's the funniest part of this whole thing. We're talking about a preseason game here, and because the Commanders won, people are like, "Ah, don't sleep on this Washington team this year. They might actually be okay." And it's yeah, like, well, Dude, what are we doing? They're playing. Was it Terry McLaurin into the? Second quarter, with that guy should have been on the bench somewhere, and he ended up limping out of there. Yeah, toward the end. and he was upset, and he looked like he was upset about why am I still in the game, catching passes? Because when he goes, he goes balls to the wall. You know, he's he's a hundred percent player. He doesn't take downs off. When he gets in there, he tries to make every catch, and he made it made a catch, and it was just weird on the tackle. Didn't look like very much, but he came up limping, and he was pissed on the sideline. He was not happy. And I guarantee he was not happy because he was actually in that football game in the second quarter. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And just a couple of more nuggets from this game. So lifetime Longhorn Sam Cosme, who's an offensive lineman for the commanders now, he basically promised a win before this game. And he delivered, I guess. He was doing the gritty in the end zone after they scored a touchdown. You had Joey Sly, the kicker who hit the game-winning kick, doing the L gesture to the Ravens' sideline wow. after he made that kick. Magic Johnson, you know he's got AIDS, by the way. Yes. He tweeted about how big of a deal it was that they beat the Ravens. And Jahan Dotson, your guy from Penn State, the wide oh, yeah. receiver. Wide receiver, yes. Said, quote, I feel like we just had the biggest preseason win in NFL history, end quote. Like, this is okay, pathetic. you did. Yes, you did. Oh, Good for you. Yeah, they beat a team that didn't care, and they are talking like this. It's the funniest thing. Congrats to the Commanders on their biggest moment of the season. Well, you know, the Ravens weren't losing games. They were obviously they've been taking it serious for a couple a couple years. It's not like they decided all of a sudden that oh we're not going to play well. They wanted to win that game last night too. They were sure. they weren't looking to lose their streak, and neither were your cousins that have been betting on them for the last three or four years. Yeah, they were they were excited too. That that was that was like cash money for you. I mean, I've never put a cent on the Ravens during the preseason. I didn't I didn't like a sure thing. I like it when there's a chance of me losing, which is every time I bet. So, <laughs> and that hasn't that hasn't been that way for the Ravens in years and years. And and now all of a sudden, it's okay to see him excited. It was it was okay to see, you know, see Sam Howell excited about his play and the way they play. I don't know if acting like they, you know, they won a playoff game is is all that exciting. But hey, you know, it's hard to win. Winning is hard. They're talking. Okay. Yeah. Winning yeah. is hard. So when you win, come on, you should celebrate. Let me tell you something. If they lose the game, they're they'd be on a bummer. They couldn't, you know, they get into the meetings the next day. They're getting their asses chewed out about how poorly they play. You know, now they can go back and say, "Hey, coach, wait a minute, that looked good to me." I, what are you talking about? I'd made the wrong step. 
we won the game, right? <laughs> and the coach the is like, yeah, we played our starters against second and third teamers. Good job, guys. You barely beat that. Why do you think I'm so bitter about this? My cousin. That's my cousin. what I thought. See? Lost money. I've been That's riding this Ravens preseason streak forever because unlike you, I need that guaranteed money. I need that guaranteed win because I lose too many 50-50 bets. Those are like 20-80 oh, bets wonder for me. You're, no wonder you're sounding this way. Come I'm, on, man. Sour on, grapes. Commander. Sour grapes, my Sour man. Sour grapes on a preseason game. Ugh, wow. It hurts. You must have had some NBA, WNBA coin on it last night, too, on somebody. You had the aces last night. Nah, no WNBA bets last night. I didn't like the slate, so <laughs> <laughs> we took the you night. You know what I like the slate? Never. Mm. Never. Never. You're just misogynistic? You don't like the women? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I've never been a WNBA fan. I've, I may have seen a half once, but I can't remember when. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. okay. I'll, watch, I'll watch women's college basketball. Who's, who's your favorite WNBA player? And you can't say Brittany Griner. Come on. <laughs> Anybody Ashley, else? Ashley Simpson. <laughs> Ashley Simpson? Somebody that played at UConn. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's half the league right there, dude. Oh, man. All right, Quan Cosby, the Lifetime Longhorn, joining us at 8.30. Looking forward to that conversation. We will uh, get back to this preseason game only because there was a funny moment that happened on the broadcast last night in the booth with Joe, uh, with Joe and Troy, excuse me. But right now, Buck, it is Tuesday. It's just past 8.15, which means you've got another tip for kids in the car line. Yes, I do, BK. And this tip, this tip for you kids comes from – one of the great books of all time. You know, I am a big fan of this gentleman right here, Theodore Seuss Giesel. Giesel. I, that is, this is one of my favorite books of all time. It really is. And when my players uh, at Boston College and Illinois graduated, BK, this book I signed off to them, Oh, the Places You'll Go. I signed that book for kids who graduated. And I've given it to my grandkids. All my grandkids have this book. Oh, the places you'll go. You gave a bunch of college grads a kid's yes. book as their graduation gift? Yeah, from me to them because of what they would go through in their lives. And this, this book still, I'll pick it up every once in a while, read some, you know, read some lines from it. But for the tip for the kids in the car line today, you won't lag behind. You'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, You'll top all the rest. Oh, that, there you go. That's for the kids in the car line. And of course, Dr. Seuss died at 87 years young. This book right here, this book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, was written one year before he died, BK. And this is a fantastic book. It really is. This is good for adults. This is good for kids. You read some of the passages in here. It's 98, 98 and three quarter percent guaranteed to inspire. The rest is up to you. This book right here. Hmm. The rest is up to you. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed to inspire. But the rest is all up to you. Like kids and adults in the car line today, you know, be the best of the best. B-E-S-T. Be ever so tough. That's what it takes to be the best. Be ever so tough. Being the best is not that easy. You got to do a lot of things in order to be the best. Don't settle for being 
just good. Good enough is not good enough. Just not mm. anymore. You got to be the best and you got to work hard to be the best. So that's what that book is all about. And it talks about the ups and downs of life. But, you know, you'll go a lot of places. You'll have ups, you'll have downs, but you got to be the best in order to get to succeed. And I love this book. I've got a couple of copies of this book right here. Costco has these books, as a matter of fact. Is that right? Right. That's right. I get them from Costco's. The I, love, book. I love that book. Citing Dr. Seuss for his tip for kids in the car line today. Theodore. Mm. I think he was pretty racist, that Dr. Seuss guy. Did you know that? Well, they're going to find something bad about everybody. I mean, everybody's there's something wrong with everybody. We're not yeah. perfect. There's only one perfect being, and we are not the ones, believe me. Who is it? Jesus. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, Dr. Seuss had some bad tweets back in the day that uh, have come to light in, in recent oh, of years. of course, hit him, get on Dr. Seuss. Yeah, he, he had some uh, bad posts to x.com, and that's uh, has Dude, tried to save the fish one fish, two fish, red <laughs> fish, blue fish. Come on, man, guy was just uh, out there trying to save fish. Hmm. I'll tell you what, if you had given me a book, any book, but especially a children's book for my college graduation, I would have thrown it in the trash right in front of you. Come on, man. <laughs> a book? I'm done reading. None of those kids want to read. They're done. They want to get on the computer. They type it. They don't read anything anymore anyway. Uh, they're they're not to trying Twitter to read. They go to, their, they go to their Twitters and face jams and all this other stuff. Face jams? Isn't that what's out there now? No, I don't think so. No? What's the newest? What's the newest of the social media? What's the one where you pay, where I get paid for doing naked gardening? Oh, OnlyFans? OnlyFans. Oh, I'll be there soon. Y'all just hold on. I will be joining OnlyFans very, very soon in the uh, near future. Yes. Doing naked gardening? Well, at least wearing a tar Tarzan loin, you know, a cloth, you know, loincloth. Got to oh do something. God, nobody wants to see that. There. The cash is out there to be made, man. Not for that. Oh no, are you nah, sure? I don't know if you're going to make too much money doing that deal. Oh God, yeah. Please, please let me know when you do that. So I, I don't need you on. I don't need you guys sending me text messages, emojis. I don't need your emojis. I don't need your squashes or whatever those things are. The, big oh, the zucchini. Thing. I don't need any zucchini. Don't send me <laughs> any of your zucchinis, please. Spare Who, me. Who's taking those pictures? I, hmm, my lovely I wife, Joyce, will do that. She's my nah. photographer. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that as you a are. member of the tribe, but I'm You're doing that, do that right That's now. for everybody. Oh, everybody man. can do that. What a mess. What a mess. All right, Buck. How about uh, Michigan being very forthright, being very big? Great they deal have self-imposed a suspension for their head football coach, Jim Harbaugh, because they really take the violations on the recruiting trail very, very seriously. And they don't need the NCAA to step in. No, we'll do it ourselves. We will handle this. We will give a very harsh punishment to our head coach for breaking the law and crossing the line. We will take care of this so you guys don't have to. That's fine. We've got this. About a three-game suspension for Michigan head football coach Jim Harbaugh. So he's got to miss these three games. Home against East Carolina. Oh. Home against UNLV. <laughs> home against Bowling 
Green. Will they be? Will he be unsuspended for the fourth game when they start their Big Ten season against Rutgers? I believe so. The original plan was it was going to be a four-game suspension, and he was going to have to miss the uh, the conference opener against the Scarlet Knights. But I guess Michigan was too scared that they couldn't even beat Rutgers at home without their head coach that they had to trim the suspension down from four to three. Way to make a deal with the DA, Harbaugh. Great job. I mean, I think Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network must have made that deal for him, where they get those three games. They don't need the head coach. Hey, they don't need the coordinators for those three games. This powerhouse that is Michigan. That, what a deal they made with the NCAA. This is this is supposed to be a four-game suspension, at least into the at least into the start of the you know the Big Ten season, and they trimmed it down. They didn't like the fact that it was four games. They themselves trimmed it down to three. And you think yeah. the NCAA is going to speak up? No, they're they're good with it. We're fine. Yeah, I mean the NCAA had basically said we're not even going to deal with this this year. Right. They basically pushed everything back to 2024 and was like, yeah, we'll handle this then. So for a while, for like the last week or two, it looked like Harbaugh wasn't going to get suspended at all this season. And I'm thinking, all right, well, if he is going to get suspended next year, then that dude's probably taking a job in the NFL. So he doesn't have to deal with the suspension at all. Like I figured that was kind of part of the negotiations between Michigan and the NCAA and, and Jim Harbaugh was like, Yeah, hey, I'm not dealing with any suspension. Just let me coach this year. And yeah. then if you guys try to drop the hammer on me, I'm gone. And I'm out. I'll just go to the NFL. I'm not dealing with this BS. But uh I guess maybe this means he does want to stay in college. He has, you know, turned down an NFL job or two for a while. He was like trying to leave Michigan to get an NFL job and NFL teams didn't want him. But I think the tables have kind of turned and now it's the other way around to where yeah. No, Harbaugh has built something in Michigan that I think he wants to stay for a few more years. So I guess this is another indication that he does want to stick around a little bit. Just get the suspension out of the way. They're playing nobody, right? Nobody in those first three games. And uh, I guess I guess that's why they decided to make this happen right now. Well, I think it's a per- perfect timing for them. I mean, this is a powerhouse Michigan team coming into this season with, with an unbelievable offense, offensive line, as we heard from Howard Griffith yesterday. And all the backs are back. You know, they got two outstanding running backs back. The quarterback, the most important part is the quarterback comes back. You know, Mike McCarthy's son comes back to play for him. So, no, that's not his son. You know, that kid's way too skinny to be Mike McCarthy's son. Okay. Okay. Well, he's back anyway. Mike McCarthy would try to eat that kid if he could. (laughs) But the good thing is, this is a team that's loaded, and the NCAA doesn't want to mess with them this year. Go ahead and miss these three games. We'll, We'll allow you to miss. Those, they don't need you for those three games anyway, Coach. You're going to win those football games. You know, yeah. we'll deal with you next year, and we'll see what the schedules are. The schedule's probably a little bit different next year. Isn't Texas on that schedule, on that Michigan schedule? Is it next year or is it 2025? The no, next schedule. year. I think it's next year. Yeah. And then so Harbaugh can then say, I'm out. Doesn't want to face the Longhorns? Oh, they don't want to do that. Hey, It'd be a great time for Harbaugh to go. I'm out. Yeah, that if would you be want to mess with me, if I'm going to spend my summer talking about the games that I'm going to miss, am I going to be able to pick and choose those games, or are going to have to be three in a row? Because when suspensions come, I mean, if if you're doing it yourself, your university's doing. Can't you pick and choose the games? I mean, yeah, you're not going to miss the Ohio State game. No, hell no. no. Can't you pick through your schedule. Can't you pick three? And it looks like the three are the perfect ones that he's going to miss. Yeah. You're not going to miss game number seven or game number eight. 
No, they just happen to be the first three games of the season and the three easiest games of the year for Michigan. So it works out well for them. Well, if they're It'll playing be Iowa, because Iowa won't have a team anyway. They won't have any players. Oh, uh, no, they don't have Iowa on their schedule. But even if they did, yeah, that's a that's a forfeit, I think, with Iowa, with all the betting allegations going sure. on right now. Uh, yeah, it'd be hilarious if if this was next year or Texas was on the schedule oh. and Michigan still had to give Harbaugh a three-game suspension. They, like, picked and choose. It's like, oh, he's going to be suspended for this game, that game. Not for Texas, but we'll give him a suspension when we play Nebraska later in the season. How about that? Wow. Yeah. What, dude, what does it do with a pick Texas? I don't need to be there for that game. How about Greg saying pull a Pete Carroll? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pete Carroll, when when the uh, punishments were coming down from USC, he decided oh. to bolt for the Seahawks, and it worked pretty well for him, I think. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Quan Cosby, the legendary lifetime Longhorn, he texted me saying he's going to have to push back to the nine o'clock hour today. That's fine. So nine or nine fifteen for Quan, uh, dealing with uh, a family matter right now. So Quan will be joining us, just not at eight thirty, but uh, still very much looking forward to that conversation. We'll talk plenty of Longhorn football with Quan, and of course, we'll congratulate him on being inducted into the 69th, yes, very nice, yeah, Hall of Honor class for the men at the University of Texas. So a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment for Quan Cosby, a well-deserved accomplishment, I would argue a long-overdue accomplishment for Quan. So we'll give him his flowers for that and uh, preview the season with the legendary Lifetime Longhorn coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Get ready for that. Speaking of legendary Lifetime Longhorns, the passing of Bill Little on Friday was – was it, I mean, for some, I mean, Bill had been, you know, not doing so good for a couple of years there. I, I think he did have a stroke during the course of the last couple of years, but Bill Little <clears throat> was a special man. 50 years of service over at the university in, in athletics and former SID, radio broadcaster. Bill Little was a fantastic gentleman, a fantastic man, uh, a great mentor to a lot of young kids coming into whether it was radio business or into the, or, or to working for the university in the sp- in the sports department. I, I love being around him. He was just a cool mm-hmm. dude. He's a cool old man. And he passed away at 81 years young. So, and there were those that thought Bill Little's still around Isn't that dude, a hundred. So <laughs> like the buck, I mean, that guy's still around, but Bill Little was a fantastic, fantastic man. He really, really was. And uh, my prayers go out and I know all of our prayers uh, with us and, and and people that have known and come in contact with Bill Little and the University of Texas. I know the university will miss him dearly. Yeah. Because that guy was going to be working to the bitter end, believe me. Yep. Speaking of Hall of Honor, Bill Little, a member of the Texas Athletics Hall of Honor, spent 50 years working with the University of Texas, and it has been pretty cool to see the outpouring of love and support from oh, so yeah. many folks associated with the university, just heaping their praises and telling their great stories about the great Bill Little. So, yeah, he meant a lot to a, a ton, a ton of different people associated with the university. Very prominent figure around, uh, really around Austin as a whole and just around Longhorn Nation in general uh, he will be missed. So, yeah, a big loss for a uh, legendary lifetime Longhorn. I'll give him that association, too, for everything he did for the school. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Bowles put together a really, really good piece in the Statesman talking about his experiences with Bill Little and just kind of what Bill Little meant to the University of Texas. It was a very, very touching tribute. I would encourage everybody to check that one out. But, um, yeah, man, that's uh, that's a big loss. And, once again, a guy who meant a hell of a lot to a hell of a lot of people out there. Yeah, he was one of the first people I met when I came from the University of Illinois to Texas with Bill Little and sat down with him and tried to learn some of the history of Texas. If you want to know the history 
of this university and not only athletics, but just in, in, you know, what Texas meant to a lot of people from an academic standpoint and their presidents, you know, through Bill Little. I mean, he's the guy. He had it all. He had it all up in his head, believe me. He didn't yeah. have to sit down and write it. He knew it all. And he was great to be around and great to learn uh, the history of this school. Yep. That's that's what I always heard about Bill Little, right, is that he was just the ultimate historian with the oh, University yeah. of Texas. Like, he knew everything about anything associated he did. with UT. And I, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find, you know, 10 people in this world who cared about the University of Texas as much as Bill Little. Like, it just – it meant so much to him. You could tell in his work – and you can tell in the relationships that he built that uh, this school meant so much to him. So uh, he meant a lot to the school, too. And as you said, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family and, and all of those who are grieving a little bit because of uh, the loss of Bill Little. But an 81-year life, very, very well lived. And, um, yeah, big one. It's, once again, been cool to see. You know, Mac Brown tweeted something about him well, yesterday. Yes. And it's not just – uh, Steve Sarkeesian opened up his press conference yesterday talking about Bill Little. Uh, and it's not just people associated with UT who have been talking about Bill Little, like just national college sports media For who sure. had the chance to work with this guy basically have been saying what we've talked about and what all of the local people have talked about, that he was just first-class dude. True and a guy icon, who of, worked his true ass icon off. of sports. Yep. yep. Bill Little was. He really, really was. And I, I, will, I will miss him. I, did, I mean, you know, I, I know his son. Um, I, I know the family. I know his wife. I mean, these are really, really good, fine people that love this university, and they love and they love University of Texas sports of all sorts. I mean, when it comes down to anything to do with sports, they they loved it. But they loved the university foremost. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss him. I really will. People say they bleed burnt orange. Bill Little, yes, bled burnt orange. No doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, Chip and Zay, how did that go yesterday? I, I heard a little bit of it. I didn't. I really didn't see it, but I, I listened to it. They sound like they were doing quite well. That is a that's a good combo right there. Those two dudes. Yeah, it was a great first show. I mean, their chemistry was instant, right? You know, sometimes it takes a couple of days, a couple sure. of weeks, a couple of months for a new show to really get their feet under them. But no, they sounded great yesterday, man. Fun conversations. I was laughing a lot. They were talking plenty of Texas football. They were telling some great stories. It was a lot of fun. So. And it's only going to get better from here. I thought it was an amazing first episode, but man, it's uh, excited yeah. to see and hear the future of Chip and Zay. It's going to be fun for for Zay because Chip has a lot of history, and Chip knows an awful lot about what's going on in the media, and he he will do fine with Zay, and Zay yeah. will learn an, an awful lot from day to day. I mean, it's it's going to be an experience for Zay every day. Yeah, make just- him better. Energy, man. There's a lot of oh, energy yeah. in that show. And it's the perfect time slot. If you need that energy boost, if you're stuck at work in the early afternoon and you're trying like hell to get to five o'clock so you can get home and actually enjoy your life a little bit more, listen to those guys, man. Oh, One yeah. to three. They will uh, they will get you through sort of the hump of the work day. Uh, yeah, now they're, they're going to be great together, man. And we've got a loaded lineup today because Trey and I are on from 12 to 1 per usual. Chip and Zay are on from one to three per usual. And then right after they're done from three to four, Trey and Kevin are going to do an hour on Texas sports unfiltered live. Kevin Dune's coming back for the Kevin Dune. Good job there, Kevin. Good to see you back. So uh, you'll get to hear uh, Trey and KD from three to four this afternoon. So we are locked and loaded on Texas sports unfiltered. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to this channel, hit the notification bell. So you're always informed when we drop new content. And I'm going to keep reminding people, Buck, we're over 4,100 subscribers now. When we get to 5K, 
Big major thing. giveaway. Major giveaway. And we're giving away a bunch of different things, too. It's not just going to be one thing to one winner. Now we're going to be giving away multiple prizes to multiple winners as a thank you for getting on board with Texas Sports Unfiltered. The support has been tremendous to this point. We're only in the third week of this thing, and we're already up over 4K subscribers. We've got tons of people downloading the free TSU app as well. Uh, You guys have been tremendous to this point, so we greatly appreciate it, and we want to show our appreciation. That's one thing to tell you, but we want to do a giveaway You know, that's bigger than any radio station giveaway. And you can bet your ass when we get to 10,000 subscribers, oh, yeah. the giveaway is going to be even bigger than that. So we want to uh, we want to take care of you guys the way that y'all have taken care of us to this point. Yeah, we're, we're all excited about about uh, hitting that 5,000 mark. But, of course, we'll be more excited when we hit the 10,000 mark, which shouldn't take that long because football is just around the corner. Subscribers to, to what we talk when we talk Texas football, when we talk national football, and, of course, the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys but what about the major league baseball that's right once again when we talk baseball you know who comes out don't you God. the captain the captain is back once again on a Tuesday don't think the captain is going anywhere he'll be there he'll be taking Booney's spot next year and we'll be out of the basement and back on top where we belong he's not doing anything what is he doing doesn't he what is he part of the athletic part of that little media thing where people go in there and bitch and moan about their lives and how good it's been to be an athlete. Come on, Jeter, get back on the field where you belong. Uh, Put your uniform on, you know, like baseball managers, you can wear the uni, you're not going to play, but you can come out of the dugout, go to the mound, and yank those bums that have been pitching for you. He doesn't want any part of that organization right now. He doesn't want to deal with that dumpster fire that is the New York Yankees. He ain't taking that job, dude. You guys suck. (laughs) <laughs> Y'all suck. I, I I feel like congratulations are in order though for you, Bucky, because the Yankees did not lose last night. They must have got rained out. The game got rained out. Yeah, they had an off day. They didn't play. Oh, oh okay. Right, yeah. Good. That, that's no. that's that's not a bad feeling. I thought maybe they got rained out. That would make me feel even better. They're still on a, an eight-game losing streak. So congratulations to you for that. It sounds like the Texas Rangers are trying to copy them right now. No kidding. The Rangers have lost five in a row. They lost a heartbreaker in the desert last night to Arizona in extra innings. The Rangers had a one nothing lead going into the bottom of the ninth. Our oldest Chapman, who's been really, really good since being acquired from the Kansas City Royals, he blew the save. And the Rangers scored a couple of runs in the top of the 11th inning. You felt like they had the game in the bag again. But Will Smith need Chris Rock up there. I guess to slap Will Smith, we needed the other way around. The uh, the other Rangers closer gave up three in the bottom of the 11th inning, and the Rangers lose. So that's a five-game losing streak for the Rangers. The Astros got back on track with a nice win. They, of course, got swept by the Mariners over the weekend. The Astros opened up a series against the Sox yesterday, and they took it to Boston pretty good. And the Mariners, speaking of, they won again. They're playing the White Sox. They're the not losing Mariners to the White Sox. Mariners are getting it done. I'm telling you. Yeah, the, look, the Mariners aren't losing to anybody right now. They sure as hell aren't losing to the White Sox, who are like the worst team, one of the worst teams in all of baseball this year. So uh, the gap is tightened in the American League West. The Rangers' lead over the Astros is down to a game and a half, and the Rangers' lead over the Mariners is down to two games, Bucky. Two games. We talked about Seattle a little bit yesterday. 
Those people might yeah. yeah. We'd left them for dead, and now they're right there. They've got a shot to win the division. And once Otani gets there next year, the fate of the Mariners will change. Yes. Once he's down at the fish market down there in Seattle, everything's going to be great. The fish market. Have you never been to the fish market in Seattle where they do throw the fish around and stuff? Once he gets there and once he gets the vibe of Seattle and all the homeless people hanging out, you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, he doesn't have that in Los Angeles? I'm pretty (laughs) sure he does. Yeah, he does. You don't think he's trying to maybe avoid that stuff? God, well, he ain't going to Seattle, dude. It's not happening. I know they want him. Hell, everybody wants him. Oh, my God. Any team that gets Shohei, especially if it's a contending team, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Shohei's been playing on an awful Angels team for the last six years, and they haven't even made the playoffs with Shohei, and they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, they are fading fast. Yeah, so if he goes to a contending team with just the fact that he is the most valuable player in all of baseball and it's not even close. Sounds dude, like that- the Dodgers to me. Yeah, that team is immediately going to be the favorites to uh, to win it all next year, and and rightfully so. And you're right, I, I do think he's going to stay in L.A., but just the other side of L.A. and end up with the Dodgers. So baseball's fun, man. Baseball has been really, really fun. It's going to be an exciting. It's going to be an exciting uh, September for sure. Yeah, this uh, this AOS race is maybe the biggest storyline in baseball right now, now that you've got three teams in the mix. So we'll see if one of the two Texas teams can get it done. I would still bet on the Astros just because of their dominance in the division in recent years and the experience that they have. Uh, the, it's been a while since the Rangers have made the playoffs. I know the Mariners did make the playoffs last year, but I will still side with uh, the experience, the big game experience Absolutely. that the Astros have versus those two teams, but obviously going to be a hell of a lot of fun down the stretch here with baseball. All right, Buck, let's hear from uh, – oh, before we do that, let's let's give some love to our sponsors. We talked about Relax the Back earlier, but let's talk about AV Consultations. They're coming to my new place tomorrow, and I am so excited about that. I've seen uh, Tom McKay a couple of different times. He sends uh, his love to you, Bucky. Thank you very much. Just keep him away from my house. I don't, he, he stays a long time. He'll be at your house for hours putting up those TVs, you know, but it's going to get done the right way. And that's all that matters. It's not going to be like yep. wags coming to your house and putting up plasters all over the wall, <laughs> TV sets in the corner, the old TV sets still hanging there, just waiting to go to Goodwill. AB Consultations has everything you need to have the entertainment system of your dreams. And you don't have to shop for the TV, like I said, or the surround sound. Then all those mounts and all that equipment needed to make it all work because Tom McKay and his staff are they going to bring everything that they need and you need to have that, that dream, dream, dream set up and if you want to have the big studio and you want to have a, of course the surround sound and everything for how about this how about if you want to have your own movie theater at your own home mm. how about that you don't have to go out to the theater and pay that 75 dollars for a bag of popcorn audio visual consultation is one of the largest dealers of most televisions audio brands and they've got the hottest items in stock most important thing they've got them in stock and that wonderful sonos equipment and of course those smart tvs People are jacking up the prices because that stuff is hard to get. So when they bring it in, they jack up the price. Well, Tom's got it all in stock, the Sonos equipment, and he's not going to jack up the prices, folks. You're going to love that about Tom McKay and audiovisual consultation. Give him a call today at 512-255-8678 or catch him online at abconsultations.com. Yes, the very best in the business. They can hook you up with that home TV setup you've always dreamed of, and I am super excited to get them out to my place tomorrow. We've got some big things planned, not only for the four TV man cave setup that I've had for the last few years, but also some plans for the studio 
that uh, we're broadcasting from. So get ready for that, man. Big thanks. Home on the walls, some stuff like that. We're going to have the sound, unbelievable sound in there. Well, he yeah. can make it happen. Yep. That's what we need. That's what we need, and that's what's going to happen. So shout out to AV Consultations, and shout out to SyntexTickets.com as well. Your guy, Shelby, he can Love hook it. you up with tickets to every sporting event all year round. College football, the NFL, we're talking Major League Baseball. You can get your Astros tickets. You can get your Rangers tickets on site at SyntexTickets.com. Formula One, coming to Austin here in a couple of months. They've got those tickets as well, 100% guaranteed no scams, no scalpers, just easy, guaranteed, great tickets on site all of the time at sintextickets.com. And if you needed to go see my pen pal, Taylor T. Swizzle, you know, you can get them from Syntex for sure. Shelby will find a way to get you a couple, couple of those ducats to go. And plus, he'll be giving away two tickets for the Rice game, the upcoming Texas versus Rice, the home opener. We're going to have a couple of tickets to give away. Uh, for that event. So Syntex ticket is all, they, they'll take care of all your ticket needs. And yes, folks, they will. Better start getting ready because the Super Bowl will be in Vegas and that thing will fill up in a hurry. Syntex tickets, start talking to Shelby about those Super Bowl tickets too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Quan Cosby just texted. He'll be ready at nine o'clock this morning. So Sweet. we'll speak to the lifetime Longhorn in about 15 minutes. Let's right now hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Of course, the head coach at the University of Texas. He met with the media yesterday after the Longhorns' second fall scrimmage of the year. We've got a couple of cuts to play. Let's start with uh, Sark talking about Quinn Ewers and his confidence that he has showed in 2023 and kind of how it is affecting the rest of the guys in that Texas locker room. It's calming, right? Um, you know, there's much less anxiousness or anxiety uh, amongst not just Quinn, but I think everybody right I mean the the quarterback permeates his feeling right and so when the quarterback permeates belief uh, and confidence I think that instills that not only in the other offensive players but really the entire organization right I mean that's that's why the position is what it is and so I think Quinn definitely has a lot of confidence right now Uh, he feels very comfortable with what we're doing he's executing at a high level but there's little things that we want, we keep working with him on, and uh, I think he appreciates that. I think he appreciates being coached um, because we're you know ultimately like every player, we're trying to make him the best that we can. Good to hear. Good to hear the the confidence level of the entire football team. Yeah, I mean, this guy is is going to be the guy to take them where they need to get. He really is. This is this is the key guy. This is the guy that. Everybody's been waiting for over the last couple of years. It's been a long time since they've had a quarterback that really that exudes this kind of confidence. I mean, they've had quarterbacks. Somebody had to play quarterback at the University of Texas for the last 10, 15 years. But this seems to be the guy right now. Everybody, everybody wants to – it looks like he wants to surround himself with guys who have the confidence in him now. And I like the fact that that's what it's all about. They have confidence in Quinn. They, I don't know if they were ready to follow last year. They wanted to follow – Everybody wanted to follow him after the OU game. Hell, I was following him. Yeah. I wanted to see where every place that dude went because, I mean, that 49 to zip game, he looks like he had everything going, but that confidence kind of disappeared a little bit. And once again, a young player, you know, you, you, you get all that excitement early, you get slapped around a little bit, then you lose it. How hard is it to get back? It's hard to get that kind of confidence back. But he's a much more mature, looks like a much more mature kid. And I think Sark sees that in him. And he understands that he's going to still have his ups and downs, 
but he's going to be able to bounce back a lot quicker than we saw him bounce back last year because he yeah. did not bounce back well last year. He really no, he did not. No, he did not. And it's, it's easy to just assume that a kid is more mature a year later, mm-hmm. but we see it with the haircut, with the body transformation that Quinn Ewers has undergone over the course of the off season. Like it's not just lip service for this dude. Like this dude has actually shown with his actions that he is serious about this year, that he has matured, that he is taking a step. And he realizes that this is a huge year for him. Like Quinn Ewers' goal was not to play football at the University of Texas and then, oh, that's it. That's the end of my story. That's the end of my football career. I'm done. No, he wants to play on Sundays. And he realizes that the best chance for him to play on Sundays as soon as possible is to go out there and have a really, really good year. Yeah, because I, I, he can leave after this year. So, yeah, I think he realizes, Buck, just what's at stake for him. And I think that's kind of inspired this whole mindset change that we've seen from Quinn Ewers since the end of last season. You know, when we, when we, when we saw him last year, it was a lot of players talking about him. Oh, Quinn, you know, he's really good. He's, you know, he's got a rock, rocking arm. He can make all the throws. He makes all those off-balance throws. You know, he does all these things. You don't hear the players talk that much about him. They understand – that he's starting to mature a little bit. They don't have to constantly talk to the media about how good he is and what he's doing and how different he is. They don't have to say that anymore. He's one of the guys now, but he's one of the guys that can lead the football team now. It's not like, oh, my God, we're so shocked at this unbelievable arm this guy's got or on the run he throws well or he throws a deep ball well. They talk, they talk about him like he's just a leader, yeah. and their expectations are he's going to lead. It's not going to be a surprise to them about – his arm strength. It's not going to be a surprise that he can get the ball down the field, that he can throw the 15, 20 yard out on a dime. Those things are, they, they see it every day. Now he's just one of the players now, but he's one of the leaders now, it sounds like. And you know, it'll, it'll all matter here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, he's got to be one of the leaders. Your quarterback has to be the biggest leader on your team. I firmly believe that. Now sure. you don't have to be the loudest guy. You don't have to no. be the most raw, raw guy in the locker room. But he has to lead. He's the most important player on the field. And your teammates have to believe in you, right? Like, that's that's a lot of what leadership is. You just lead with your play. Like, you've got yeah. to inspire confidence with the rest of the guys in that locker room that you're going to go out there and do your job to a high enough level to where the other guys feel like they have a chance to win. Like, yeah. if, if people don't believe in the quarterback, then, you know, what are we doing here? So that's that's a huge – like your quarterback has to be a leader with his play to me more than anything else because that galvanizes the whole locker room. Well, the trust has to be there because the guy who catch, who touches the ball 99% of the time on offense when it's – beginning when it's snapped to him and he's got to get the snap from the center, he's got to make sure the handoff, he and the, the running back have to be in sync, the coordination of what he reads defensively pre-snap even before, even before the ball is snapped, what he sees is going to be very, very important in this offense. But once he's got that ball in his hands, everybody's faith has to be in. He's going to know exactly what to do. He's not going to give a high handoff. You know, everybody's going to have a nice pocket at the running back position. He's going to throw an open receiver. He's going to either throw him open or hit him right between the numbers or throw it where the other guy can't get it. I mean, he's the guy. He has to be the guy. He touches the ball that high percentage time on, on offense. So he's very important to the team. He's, the, as you said, the most important guy on the team. Yep, yep. And you touched on it earlier, right? He's got to bounce back from mistakes a little bit better than he did a season ago. And I think he will. I really do think he will. I think that's part of the uh, maturation of Quinn Ewers. And I really do believe that we're going to get a different version of this guy. And hell, 
the scrimmage on Saturday, right? A couple of early turnovers for Quinn Ewers. Well, he bounced back and apparently sure. closed out the practice or the scrimmage very, very strong. We just didn't see that enough from him last year. So you're right. I mean, after that Oklahoma game, hell, after that first quarter against Alabama, I was ready to say that, oh, this is the dude. Like, this is the guy. He, you know, Texas is fine at quarterback. Not only are we fine at quarterback, we've got one of the best in the country. And watch out, rest of college football, because – yeah, Texas really is quote unquote back. And then Oklahoma happens and it's like, oh my God. Like, yeah, here we go. Here we go. And every Texas fan was like, well, if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt in that Alabama game, we beat Alabama. And then we go to Lubbock and beat Texas Tech. And we're we're undefeated through that Oklahoma game. And it's all gravy. And then the second half of the season happens and it's like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe he wouldn't have made that much of a difference in uh, in those games. So he didn't have enough experience. Yeah, now, now he's got the experience, man. I mean, the guy should have been a true freshman last year, age-wise. Right. I know he wasn't, but he uh, he should have been. And he didn't play football at, pretty much at all the previous year. I know he practiced at Ohio State, but, like, the guy didn't get any legitimate game experience. Like, high school game experience probably would have been better than what – Sitting around, you're right. Viewers got experience-wise. Now, obviously, getting to learn from Ryan Day and being a part of a college football team and being a part of a college offense – and learning from a great offensive mind like Ryan Day, that has its benefits, but you can't really replicate playing. No. You know that better than I do, Buck. Like You actually have to be on there getting reps on the field in a game to really feel like you're doing something on a football field. Ewers just It had been a couple of years since he had really played. Now he doesn't have that excuse anymore. Now he's got the experience. He knows what it takes to win games at this level. He knows what it takes. You talk about Alabama. He knows what it takes to be successful against them. There aren't any excuses for this guy anymore. Everything is right there in front of him to go out and ball this year. And that's why that's why when Malik Murphy was having such a, a great spring game, I was like, dude, this guy has, you know, he has sat around, he's watched, he understands the speed of the game. He just doesn't have enough experience. And he's going to have his ups and downs like he's having that training camp right now. Everybody thought this was, you know, if Quinn Ewers just – if he screws up a little, this guy's coming in. He's got the body. He's got the size. You know, he's got the head. But you you can't – I mean, th- there's there's nothing that can take the place of being actually out there competing against opponents, against somebody else, somebody new every week, people that are going to scheme for you and having that experience of being able to have success against people that are actually scheming against you. And so for Malik Murphy, he will continue – I think he'll continue to, to learn that position. I think he'll continue to get good. Same thing with Arch Manning. It's just a matter of time, just a matter of experience at a different level. Yeah, I agree. Who do you think the leading receiver is for Texas this year? Kind of a random sidebar here, but we are talking about the quarterback, which kind of means we're talking about the passing game. When it's all said and done, who do you think puts up the best numbers on the outside for the Longhorns in 2023? Well, I know who's going to put up the most touchdowns, and that'll be Xavier Worthy because he's fabulous in the scoring zone. I mean, his quick movements down there, his, his, you know, his ins and outs and the cuts that he makes, he gets open in the scoring zone. And I, I think that's pretty fantastic for a guy who's not that big. But, I mean, he's got that quick twitch, and that's what you need down there. You know, make a decision, quarterback will make a decision, and he'll throw the ball. So I think he'll be the guy who scores the most touchdowns. The most consistent wide receiver, I've got to believe, is either going to be Jordan Whittington or Mitchell. Mitchell's just kind of come on as a guy. And, I, I mean, and maybe I'm – cutting him short of being the guy who will score the most. But I think he'll be consistent enough. He'll be, he'll be that second or third receiver. I'm expecting Jordan Whittington on his way out of here, stay healthy, 
But I think I think this quarterback is really going to rely on him because I think he gets open more than any of them. Mm. I think he I think he understands how to get open. I think he's learned that whole route tree of of, of, of as a wide receiver because I think he's he's part wide receiver, part running back because he can make things happen after he catches the ball. The other guys are guys that are speed guys. You know, I don't I don't I don't expect a or worthy to catch the ball and go 60 unless it's quick screen and down the, down the sideline. I don't expect for him to make a lot of guys miss, I think, because of his size. When they hit him, he'll go down. Yeah. You know, but I expect Whittington, you better hit him hard. You better hit him like you're trying to tackle a running back because he'll make things happen. He'll consistently get you that first down. He'll get to the marker. And I, I, I didn't think they used him enough last year. I thought they were so busy trying to get Xavier Worthy the ball bad bad hand or not yep. their intentions and the quarterback's intentions were to hit his roommate at the time and make things happen when there were times when he wasn't open and other guys were Jordan Whittington will get open more than anybody in that wide receiver room yeah. he understands the game a little bit better I believe yeah that, that has a lot to do with him seeing a lot of film being on the field but watching film because he he was out of action for quite a while there over the first two years and last year was phenomenal for him to be around and he can have a phenomenal senior year, and things will work out for the Horns with him. But I think he'll be the best of the bunch. Yeah, you're right. He does do a good job of finding holes in the defense and just kind of planting himself there. He, he I does. Trust his hands. I trust his hands. Yeah. yeah, he does find ways to get open. And yeah, seeing him on the field for all of last season was a revelation for Texas fans because yes, we finally got to really see what that guy was capable of over the course of a full 12 game season. We had seen flashes of greatness from Jordan Winnington over his first few years, but he just hadn't been able to stay healthy. And uh, he was last year, which was a really, really good thing. So yeah, he's got a chance to be, obviously you talk about the tight end. You think JT Sanders is going to be a security blanket for Quinn Ewers, but Jordan Winnington could be a good guy, uh, be a good guy like that too. Another security blanket, just kind of get him the ball underneath, let him get the ball in space, let him make guys miss, let him break some tackles, kind of all of those things that you're talking about. Yeah. A lot of things not said about a lot of guys like there were when, when Sark first got here, all he talked about is how much he loved Jordan Whittington. That guy, his every other sentence, Jordan Whittington's name would come out of Sark's mouth. And I'm like, well, if you love him that much, throw the ball to him. <laughs> and last year, you know, all this love for Jordan Whittington from, from the head coach and the, the play caller, I'm like, if you really love this guy and you're telling the media, you're telling all of us how much, what a hard worker he is, he's unbelievable, then show him the love. And he didn't, he didn't, they didn't push the love on him last year. He still got open and got things done, but they needed to push more of it on him. I think he could have got open. He probably could have caught about 15, 20 more balls than he did last year. I think he needs to be your leading receiver, you know. And Mitchell, we don't know enough about. We, we've seen these flashes, but it looks like he's got all the qualities of a next-level wide receiver. So, I mean, that room is just packed with really good receivers. Yeah. There's, there's two guys on this team that if they stay healthy and play all 12 games, then mm -hmm. I – I'm supremely confident that Texas is going to win the Big 12 this year. A.D. Mitchell on offense, Jalen okay. Catalan on defense. Two yeah. transfers coming in from the SEC, two guys that have been incredible players when they've been able to stay healthy, but their biggest issues have been staying healthy. Now, look, Jordan Whittington, I want him to stay healthy too. Isaiah Naor is coming off a torn ACL. He's got to stay healthy too. Like, all of those guys are important, don't get me wrong. But, man, if A.D. Mitchell with – what we saw from him at UGA and with what we've heard about him throughout right. fall camp, if that guy can stay on this offense, this offense is averaging 40 points per game. And if Jalen Catalan, which is how damn good that dude is, I mean, that guy's an all-SEC player as a freshman, 
as at safety, which is ridiculously impressive. If that guy could stay healthy on defense, then this defense is going to be really, really good too. Yeah, and and, and con- consistent wise, um, you've got to get Xavier Worthy back to where he was his freshman year when he was, you know, he was ready. He was here for he had a purpose to be here and and to catch footballs. He's got to get back to that, and that's that's just a mental thing with him. A couple of nice catches for him, catches and runs. I think we get the same guy we saw as a freshman, just a more mature, you know, a little bit more physical, ready-to-play kind of guy that understands what goes on in the secondary, a guy who can go up physically and and win, you know, what, what we call the 50-50 balls. But for Texas, it wasn't. It was 80-20 going the other way most of the time yeah. when those balls were thrown up. He's got to be back to that guy who can go up there and win 70% of the balls that are thrown up to him. And physically, you know, he's. it's not like he's put on 30 pounds or 25 pounds. But he's been in the weight room. He's, you know, his his hand isn't broke anymore. He can he's, he needs to be that guy that can go up when you throw the ball up. You can count on him to be a part of maybe possibly bringing that son of a gun down maybe 70 percent of the time because the fifty fifty balls last year were not fifty fifty balls. That that's not the way that went for Texas. They they lost most of those battles. It sure feels that way. We are awaiting and, and, and for the tight end. Let me just say this for the tight end. Yeah, BK. It's just it's just a matter of to me getting him involved early. Because when you get him involved early, he'll be there late. But when he's not involved early and you're not throwing him the ball early in the game and he has to be a run blocker later, I watched him last year. He was just average at best as a run blocker later in the games. You know, because he's like, well, you haven't thrown me the ball. Now you want me to run block? Yeah. This guys, guys, they think like that at that position. Yeah, I think you're right. We are awaiting legendary lifetime Longhorn Quan Cosby. Uh, we'll take – a break. We don't really do commercial breaks here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. That's a, a great reason to listen. And we do appreciate yeah. you guys listening. That's one of the many benefits we provide here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. But do need to give some love to our sponsors. And right now I'm going to shout out our friends at the Altstadt Brewery. I'm actually meeting with the Altstadt Brewery a little bit later today. Super excited about that. You can find Altstadt all throughout Central Texas. Your favorite bars, your favorite restaurants. This stuff is popping up more and more throughout Austin and the surrounding areas. With damn good reason. It is a damn good beer and hey if you're tuning in from the metroplex or the houston area or san antonio you can find altstat there too this thing is telling you growing like crazy all over the lone star state it's the most authentic german beer drinking experience you are going to find here in the great state of texas they've got a bunch of different brews too something for every beer drinker out there there's definitely going to be one for you just give it a go one sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past, it is the official beer of Texas Sports Unfiltered. It should be the official beer of you as well. It is Altstat beer. No impurities, no regrets. And by the way, thank you to all these sponsors that want to be a part of it. I know they look at our board up in front of us and see all these different sponsors that are with Texas Sports Unfiltered. But there room for more. And as I go out there every day, people are saying, hey, how do I get to be a sponsor? How can I, how can I join in? What do we need to do? And you, you know as we've been working at this over the last couple of weeks, next week we will be somewhere for a pregame show. We will be somewhere where you folks can come out and see this pregame show, this Texas pregame show. Uh, we'll let you know as, as the days go on because it's just a matter of days before we make that announcement also. Absolutely. We're excited about it. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, you can DM me on Twitter or you can send an email to TexasSportsUnfiltered at gmail.com for a little bit more information about what we can provide you and your business. 
All right, let's uh, hear a little bit more from Steve Sarkeesian. I'm going to text Quan too, make sure everything's okay with him. What about the mindset of this team? I thought that was interesting. Obviously, lofty expectations being placed on this Longhorn crew for 2023. What is this team's mindset right now as we sit 11 days from the start of the season? I think it goes beyond talent. Uh, I think there has to be a mindset too. Um, I think that's dangerous when you just rely on talent to bail you out and I think that that's something this team is really starting to embody it's there's a work ethic about them there's a style of play about them um, there's a there's a level of intensity about them that that make our practices very competitive and tough and hard um, and in turn when you don't operate that way it shows pretty dramatically and um, the players will be quick to let you know. And, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate that because they want to be great. They want to have a great football team. And they know they need everybody. You know, it doesn't matter. When we sit in a team room, as I talk to our players, everybody's got a role on our team. And, you know, I, I get it. There's the Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthies, you know, of the world, the Jalen Fords of the world. Um, but on that same note, there's that other guy who – is getting him ready to play every week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and how valuable he is to give the really good look to push them to be the best that they can be day in and day out. And I, I do think our team has a great deal of respect for one another that way, that, that everybody has a role on our team that's going to contribute to our success. And when you, can, when you can understand your role and everybody can appreciate your role and then you can do maximum effort in your role, man, that, that's when you have something – pretty special and so uh, I would say the majority of our team really understands that aspect I like it I mean when, when you talk about when you start talking about level of intensity and how you practice and how you carry yourself and what happens to you in the first quarter and what's going to happen to you in the fourth quarter it's all the same our intensity doesn't dip because it's the fourth quarter our intensity doesn't dip because we're up by two touchdowns everything we do we have a purpose and it sounds like they're getting towards that and that's when this football team will be will be special. But once again, keep on recruiting, Sark. Keep getting those five stars because that recruiting does matter and those guys will matter. But the, what, what you get from everybody on the squad, in order to make a team, that's why it is a team. That's why it's one of the great sports. Uh, football, you need everybody to, to, to pull in the same direction. You need everybody to, to row that boat. You just do. You can't have one guy going at one speed, BK, who's trying to give a guy a look of a guy who's gonna, he's going to be playing against on Saturday and you're going to half-ass it because you're the third-string guy. Well, I'll just kind of go through the motions. He'll get it on Saturday. No, no, no. you got to give him an intense look. You have to do your best on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Thursday to give that guy an advantage to work against the guy he's going to be working with on a Saturday and working against on both ways. So the intensity of the entire football team, you'll know as this football team is intense. You'll, you'll understand from the first guy to the last guy, every man has to be – have the same type of intensity. They may not have the same kind of ability, but you can always have the same kind of intensity. Whether somebody is knocking you on your ass every play, it doesn't matter. You just line right back up there and give it the intensity that you need to give it. You can't say, okay, the guy just knocked me down three straight times. Okay, it can't be, okay, well, I'm expecting to get knocked down a fourth. That's why you have to come back. You have to win those battles to make the guy across from you good. And it sounds like he's starting to get that. And I think we'll all see that too. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it takes all 90. It really does. If you're trying to win a championship, you've got to have buy-in from everybody in that locker room, and that mindset absolutely needs to be there. Everyone's rowing the boat in the same direction, to yes. quote P.J. Fleck. Like, that's what you're looking for. 
And yes, that attitude goes a long way. There's been a sense of entitlement, I feel like, around this program. Some would argue it's been there forever. Right. I would definitely argue it's been there for the last 12 to 13 years since Texas has been in this slide that they've been in since the end of the 2009 season. There's just too much. Oh, I play football at the University of Texas. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm fine. I don't need to put in any more work. Like That's okay. Whatever. No, that's You can't win like that and that's clearly been proven around here for a while like just because you're a big time recruit coming out of high school just because you're a four or five star kid just because you had a scholarship offer to play at the university of texas doesn't mean that's going to translate into shit at the college level because it's been a huge problem here you know texas sark is recruiting a level higher than his predecessors but it's not like charlie strong couldn't recruit right it's not like Tom Herman couldn't recruit. Like those guys were still bringing in top 10 classes. It's just those guys would get to campus. And a lot of it was coaching. Don't get me wrong. The coaches just didn't do a good enough job developing that talent. But I feel like there was like a mindset of like, oh, I'm good. Like I, I don't need to put in a whole lot of work. You have to have that mindset. And everybody in that locker room has to have the mindset of, no, we got to go to work. Like we're, we're not done here. It's not enough to just be a scholarship player at the University of Texas. Oh, cool. We're going to the SEC next year. That's even better. I get to brag about playing in the SEC. Like that doesn't mean anything. You've got to put in the work all of the time to be successful, to have a chance to win games, and more importantly, have a chance to compete for championships. That mindset shift, that goes into the culture that all of these coaches try to establish. Charlie couldn't figure it out. Tom Herman couldn't figure it out here. Sark's got to figure it out. Because the talent is there right now. Everything is there for Texas to be really good. They've got to get that mindset right to make sure that uh, they don't take their foot off the gas and play down to their competition. They're clearly the best team in this league this year. They need to go out there and prove it. And I think attitude has a long way to go with that. Maybe they, they're getting to the point of, you know what, it doesn't matter if you bring your best game to us because, once again, I'll say this, for years and years and years, all the coaches on that campus knew this. Every time we played somebody, they were going to give us our best game because we were Texas. Well, there are a lot of those, those coaches that got beat by those teams that didn't have to bring their best. They just beat you because of your mindset. You have to treat everybody the same. You have to treat Rice like you're going to treat Alabama. I know it, it may not be as glamorous to play Rice than when you go to Tuscaloosa and play, but you have to treat them the same. you got to say, well, this group is as good as the group that we're going to play next week. When they get to the point of just kicking the dog shit out of teams that they're supposed to kick – then instead of instead of saying, well, you know, they're going to bring us their best game because we're Texas. How about you bringing your best game no matter who they are? When you start getting to the level of, of taking, as I said, the TCUs, the Baylors, you know, uh, the Texas Techs of the world and pounding them every time you play them like it used to be where you, you just get a hold of them and just just dog whip them. It's now now you're back. It's not, oh, they're going to give us their best game. We're about to give you something that you can't take. You know, if you get our be- if you get our best game every week, you can't beat us. Yep. There's not going to be any fourth quarter comebacks, or we're not going to have a lull in the fourth quarter because every time we touch the ball, we're going to score. We're looking to score, or we're looking to put you in a position that you can't get through our defense. You've got a long way to go. You've got 75, 80 yards to go in order to score in our defense, and that's not going to happen because our best is just too good for you. When Texas gets to the point where their best is just too good for these other teams, no matter how they bring their game to Texas, that's when they'll start winning. That, and that starts against Rice. That starts against hammering the living crap out of Rice and not worrying about the following week, but taking care of and being buttoned up in game number one. That happens that the practice today. That's where all that stuff begins. It doesn't begin the days of the games. It begins the, the practices before the games. And that means everybody has to 
everybody has to give you their best at practice. Everybody has to be on the same level of intensity. Can't have one guy going at one speed, another guy going at the other speed. Yeah, everybody's tired. Everybody's hot. But every time you line up against that guy, you got to give them your best. When Texas starts giving their best on every play, on every down, on every practice, then nobody's going to beat them in this conference. Yeah, um, how about this comment? I'm still hedging to number two losses, though. Well, okay, we'll get to that in a second. How about this comment from CB? Get it back to where practice is harder than the actual game. Now, I've talked to Casey Stutter about this a lot. Stutter, of course, a member of that 05 National Championship team, and he basically said that, like, dude, our, our practices were harder than any game that we played, maybe outside of the National Championship game against USC. It's like we knew the guys that we were going up against in practice were better than the guys that we were going to see on Saturday, and we knew that just our – our work ethic that we displayed in practice, right? The amount that we put in day in and day out at practice was more intense than anything that we were going to see on Saturday. And Saturdays felt easy because of the work that we did in practice and the guys that we were going up against in practice. That's where you want to be right there. Like that's what Alabama has right now. That's what Georgia has right now. Like there are so many NFL players on those rosters to where they're, they're more talented than anybody else that they are going to see on their schedule, maybe outside of each other. So that's where you want to get to, to where, hey, your practice is tougher than the actual game because you just have that much talent, but also you are working hard enough in practice to where, oh, no, what uh, what, what happens in the 60 minutes on Saturdays during the game is actually easy. Like, that's the fun part. The, the work yeah, is put right. in during the week, but no the doubt. fun happens on Saturday for those three to four hours. The Big, the big 12, first Big 12 championship against Nebraska when we won, the week of practice was – so intense and so crazy. And with James Brown and Ricky Williams and Priest Holmes, that, there was just there was just this air of confidence about, you know what, there's going to be some mistakes in the football game, but that group over there will not be able to beat us. And, it's, and it was hard. Nebraska was a, a two-time defending national champ, and they were good, and they were fantastic on defense. But we knew we could score against them. We knew that we could run the counterplay. We knew the offensive line was going to do all the things – it took, and if it had to go more than four quarters, it had to go more than four quarters. But the practices were ridiculous. <clears throat> Excuse me. The confidence the guys showed throughout the week was nuts. It was like, wait a minute, you don't be, you don't practice like this every week. What is the deal here? Well, coach, we're going to win this game. I said, well, it is Nebraska. It's going to be a dogfight, which it was. But their deal was, no, you don't have to worry about that part of it. We're going to win the game. I said, but it's going to be a dogfight. No, coach. At the end of the game, we have more points than they do. We win the game. Okay. Mm. And the practices were like that, and the confidence around and and they that that confidence was around everybody. It wasn't it wasn't around just the guys, the stars of the football team. It wasn't around a guy like Ricky Williams saying, "No, I don't need to carry the ball this much in this football game. We need to block the All-American Winstrom on the corner. He's that guy can wreck our entire game plan." Buck, I will take care of him. That was his deal. Buck, oh. I will take him. Magovic, I'll take care of him. If, there, if, if we can't pass protect him, I'll be right there. I don't need to go out. I don't need to do anything. And this guy pancaked that dude on the first one-on-one pass protection. And from that point on, it was on. It was just, okay, here we go. Ricky Williams, pancaking dudes, huh? Oh, yeah. He, I mean, it was it was a Priest-Holmes game. Ricky had a good game, but Priest had an even better game. But that was one of the – the best games I've ever seen all around football game by Ricky Williams. The fact that he wanted to, he took on that responsibility because no one was leaving anybody to block this guy one-on-one. This guy's an all American. 
He's a first-round draft pick. Ricky said, I'll handle him. When the time comes that I've got a, to a, a, a sprint, sprint draw pass, play action fake, and I'm one-on-one with him, I don't need the help. I don't need anybody pulling out to come over there to help me with him. Are mm. you sure, dude? Because he's a big guy. He said, I got him. And he did exactly that the entire football game. He was one-on-one with him. Anytime he was one-on-one with him, he did everything he had to do to protect James Brown at quarterback and, and to kick him out for run plays, sprint draw plays, counter plays. Ricky said, I got him, and he did. But this was, this was a weak thing. This was guys playing at, at, a, at, a, at a level of football during the course of practices. It wasn't any – there was no taking off. This was Ricky's grabbing the ball and going 100 yards, breaking through the line, and holding up practice because he'd run down the field 100 yards. The next guy had to be ready to go because Ricky was not going 20 yards on a carry. He was going 100. He was going to the end zone. He was practicing to score touchdowns. Yeah. He was practicing to have success. You know, and a little bit of that even wore on Priest uh, in that week. I remember him going that little extra, you know, past the 12, 13 yard mark because he had a long run, like 50 yards in that game. And he said, Practice. He said, I practiced that all week. So it happened in the game. I was ready for it. Nobody was catching me once I got in the open. And it was, it was just a sense of the intensity that kept up during practice. This group needs to be at that intense level. Whether they're playing Rice, they can't look forward to playing Alabama until you play Rice. you got to take care of one game before you take care of the other. And that, that includes the practice. you got to take care of the practice that's in front of you before you take care of the next day's practice. Or you get excited about game week. can't get excited about game week today. Game week's not this week. It's next week. So everything you do today – is building up to what happens next week or building up to the game against Rice and then building up to Alabama. You take them all one at a time. You don't, don't try to wait three weeks. You know, the big game is in three weeks. The OU week, you know, the game against OU is in October. Well, we didn't get to September yet. Don't worry about that game. Worry about the ones that you have to worry about in September. Yep. And a lot of what you're talking about is just putting your ego to the side, right? Something that sure. I have a very difficult time doing. But you got to put your ego to the side, man. You got to be willing to do what's best for the team all of the time. That's what the best teams do. This is a team game. There's not one individual in the world who can go out there and win a championship on his own. Uh, You've got to get everybody committed to doing what's best for the team at all times. And that's tough. Like, it's it's harder to find those types of kids nowadays. It's so me, me, me in the social media era that we live in where, you know, guys just focus on themselves and, oh, you know, how do I get more followers on Instagram? How do I get another NIL deal? Like, what can I do to take care of me? And it's a lot less of focusing on the team nowadays. Well, you need everyone to buy into the team for this thing to actually work. And I feel like way too often over the last few years, it's just been guys playing for the names on the back of their jersey instead of on the front. You need it flipped around to to reach the goals that you're trying to reach. Right. It's the simple things. It's the simple things about – about football it's not it's not those really really big things because no play is going to be blocked perfectly there's too many plays run to have these perfect plays but it's those simple things it's the dude that's up still on the video playing video games and it's 12 30 at night and you could have got you could have gone to bed at 11 30 11 o'clock those simple things will really really matter during the course of the year how you get your rest how you hydrate yourself all these things that oh this is just bullshit this doesn't mean anything you know, I'll be ready to play when the games come. It's that extra hour, ex- extra two hours of sleep that you get during the course of a week when you're when you're still trying to get to class, but you're still up there messing around on your social media at one o'clock in the morning when you could have been in bed two hours ago. It's all those little things that matter 
that count that give you that extra burst for five more plays that people don't even really talk about. They just talk about the big plays in the game or this, this particular series. But that dude's roommate or guy who lives with him in an apartment somewhere goes, yeah, that guy was up till 2.30 this, you know, this morning three times this week because he's on the phone with his girl, because he's doing social media stuff, because he's worried about other things besides getting his rest. Those are the small things that will screw up your team in the long run. It's not big things. It's the small things that really, really matter when you when you got that kind of team. Bucky, something has happened for the first time in the very brief history of Texas sports unfiltered. We have a we disconnect. Have, we have been stood up. We have been big timed. That doesn't guest. No. It's happened. You no, know. I mean, we had Ricky Williams on our first show. Yeah, he showed up. No, I'm saying we've been stood up. We're getting no showed right now. You know, Quan Cosby gets into the Hall of Honor, and all of a sudden he's too good to come on Texas Sports Unfiltered. He just I, had to bail. I mean, maybe there's a family. There's There's got to be family problems going on. Somebody's not getting to school on time. Quan's got, Quan's got some duties that he can't – that he needs to handle first before he handles us. I got him. He's No, he's too big for us, man. He's big time be, just can't be. Nobody in the Hall of Honor would do that. Oh, man. And, of no. course, where, where's our standby? Where's my Where's my doctor at the throw? Oh, he's at the gym. He's at the volleyball. He's at the volleyball sand pit somewhere. Nobody wants to hear from Trey. That's that's a downgrade. You know, it'd rather it'd be better if it was just us two than having Trey on as a third guest here. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear from your doctor at nine twenty in the morning. Are you kidding me? That guy's getting physically fit and morally straight. That's impossible. That's morally never going Ill. to happen with, yeah. with Trey. So Quan, yeah, Quan. No, in all seriousness, something popped up for him, so he's unable to join us today. Um, we'll we'll get him on later this week, though. So. Uh, unfortunate there, but yeah, we we uh, will talk to Quan Cosby very soon on Bucky and BK. We'll congratulate him on being inducted into the Hall of Honor, and of course, we'll talk plenty of Texas Longhorn football when he does join us. But just wanted to let y'all know. I know uh, you know some people are probably here hoping to see Quan and hear from Quan. I was too, but uh, he's unable to make it today. But we will get him on hopefully later this week. We've got Raul saying Quan's putting for birdie on the fourth hole right now. Oh, no, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's that. He's at some resort with the president. God, president yeah. He's somewhere. They're on a private plane having to leave, and he couldn't miss that flight. That's what it was. Yeah, now, well, if he's, do if he's doing that, I don't blame him at all. There you go. Give me, give me a real excuse, right? No kidding. No kidding. All right, before we shift gears, and uh, I want to show you this video of a funny moment that happened in the broadcast booth during Monday Night Football last night. And also, your guy, Kirk Cousins, is just the ultimate football guy. We'll uh, we'll touch on that in a second. But right now, I want to give some shout-outs to some more sponsors. How about Woods Comfort Systems? They are the best at what they do. They're celebrating 60 years of providing the best HVAC and plumbing services you can find all throughout Central Texas. And yes, I said it, 60 years. This is not a fly-by-night company. These guys have been around, and they are going to stay around. They are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in every season. AC maintenance, repair, and installation. They'll handle your heater as well, ductwork, attic insulation, and once again, those plumbing services too. Their goal continues to be to provide exceptional HVAC and plumbing services all throughout Central Texas. Just check them out online at Woods comfortsystems.com give them a call 512-842-5066 it's woods comfort systems where comfort is 
our middle name. You get that maintenance contract. You want to have that. You don't just want to go into, you know, whether it's a new home or just getting in the new which, uh, comfort uh, systems air conditioning unit. Believe me, that get the maintenance that goes along with it. And you where you are right now, make sure that they maintain your air conditioning and your heating. Because, yes, as a farmer, Farmer's Almanac has said January is going to be a mother around here. Again? Year. Oh, not again. Those couple of little days we had, the revenant that we had, come on. Those it's, going to be, it's going to be worse than that this year? It's going to be colder. We're going to have some cold. We're allowed, we're allowed to have some cold. It's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. It, it, gets, it gets colder. I mean, you, you can't take more than three days? It sure as hell feels like the end of the world every time it gets cold around here. The whole <laughs> yes, damn state shuts yes, down. Yes, I'm fine yes. with the cold. I love the snow, dude. Like, bring it on. I would love that. I just don't want to lose power for like a week like we had a couple of years ago. I don't want what we had last year. I wasn't in Austin for it, but with all the trees falling down on all those power lines when it froze, nobody wants to deal with that again. Oh, look who just popped up. Oh, no. Shazam. Hey, guys. Hello, Doc Trey. How are you? You know, it's one of those things that uh, even when I'm out and about pumping iron, listening to you guys, oh, driving home, there. having a conversation, it's like a back, bat signal goes off in my brain when I can hear you guys asking for me on the morning show. So I just wanted to pop on and say hi. Now, you've already gone to the gym and back? Already gone to the gym and back. I got my morning coffee. Uh, doing Doing good right now. Well... BK, I don't know if BK told you, but Quan stiffed us. Oh, no. You mean Quan just basically Lindy Holmes, you guys? Did <laughs> you guys? Does that make me Jordan Shipley right now running into the end zone for a touchdown? Yeah, that I love makes, you. Yes, that's why we made the call to you. That's we right. We made Quite the, the upgrade, huh? So Quan had a personal emergency. Is that what we're hearing here? What was private, that? Like a, uh, crucial private jet with the president. Ride? He couldn't miss that private jet to the resort with the president for a round of golf. Yes, he had to make that trip. And we yeah. didn't blame him. We said the trip to play golf at a resort or us. And BK, BK said the trip for sure. Got to go. Can't miss that flight. Yeah, that's what Lindy Holmes said after that block, too. He's like, I don't blame Quan for that block. It was a great block. I think that he needed to make that play right there. Just like you guys know that Quan needed to make the, uh, the private jet play. I don't know if that dude was able to speak after that block. I don't, I don't think he knew where he was. I don't think he knew his own name after that block on that punt return touchdown. He, mil he may still mistake his own middle name for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Quan Cosby, Hall of Honor guy. Now he, now he can't even join us on Texas Sports Unfiltered anymore. You guys are sounding great this morning. Thank you, buddy. There he goes. There Doc he goes. Trey. You'll be able to hear Trey twice. On this channel today, of course, Trey and BK coming up from 12 to one and then Trey and Kevin, a special edition nice. show from three to four after Chip and Zay this afternoon. So, yeah, plenty of great content coming your way right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. And we're not done. We're still adding more and more people to this thing. We're working on getting a few yeah, a few more shows right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So make sure you keep spreading the word. Once again, the big giveaway. When we get to 5,000 subscribers, we're getting closer to 4,200 right now. When we get to 5K, you guys have a chance to win. The quicker we get to that number, the quicker y'all will have the opportunity to cash in on some tremendous, tremendous prizes that we are putting together for this giveaway. So 
uh, definitely spread the word with what we've got going on. How about Papa Dot? We've got one guy on a mission to just eliminate Trey from the entire world. Finally, he's gone. He goes, get Trey out of here, and then finally he's gone. Come My on, God. Man. No, that's all you have to do is if you if you say his name, he will appear there, Papa Dot. He Sorry, will... Papa Dot, did you need some medical advice? What's oh, going on no. here? Oh, no. You're still upset about the whole COVID thing a few years ago? bygones <laughs> yes the trey will never forget don't they don't forget and trey never forgets for sure now okay i um i'm i'm excited to to let people know also that we will be doing a pregame show somewhere in this vicinity we will be around we will have texas pregame you know texas sports unfiltered we'll have a pregame show and we'll have a fabulous sponsor, and we will be somewhere for all of you people to hear us. Get on that app and listen to the show and get all the best of pregame shows uh, for Texas football. And that is home and away. Come on now. How about a you people? Did you just drop a you people there? You people. It's time for you people to get it. Oh, we've, given you, we've given you almost three weeks now. Or, or you'll say I've only been on for a week and a quarter or whatever because I missed yeah. it days but and you're uh, missing tomorrow too right you need a load management load day, management day comes tomorrow and i'm happy to say that i will be in fredericksburg doing some things to to help this this station and to help us with some things because we do want to give a hell of a giveaway when it comes to five thousand. so i will be at boot ranch club in fredericksburg texas having a round of 98 99 103 whatever the temperature will be i'll be close to that probably uh you're pulling a Quan cosby huh you're uh big timing us to go play some golf with the president well let's just remember this i need i need a load management i slept not on in my relaxed the bag chair last night so yes yeah load, load you, you needed load management on your first two days of work at this new job too come on man uh, high maintenance that. Start calling you uh, LeBron because you're high maintenance. You're diva. As I said, I take a lot of vacation because I deserve a lot of vacation. How's that? Yeah. That sounds this, about right. This one's the best one. Kawhi Leonard Sr. <laughs> that is you Girl, with all man. the yes, absolutely. Load, load management. All right. Did you were you watching uh, Monday Night Football last night? This Ravens. Okay. So there was a, there was a pretty funny moment in the broadcast booth. Joe and Troy were talking to Josh Harris, the new majority owner for the Washington Commanders. Of course, that was a huge storyline over the NFL offseason. Dan Snyder finally out, which sucks. Now, that guy's a scumbag. He's a horrible human being, and he probably should be in jail for some of the stuff that he's done over the course of his life. The reason I say it sucks is because I'm a Cowboys fan, and I knew that as long as Dan Snyder was the owner of the Commanders or the Redskins or the football team, whatever the hell we're supposed to call them these days, they weren't going to do Jack you-know-what. Yes. Okay? So now I feel like, oh, maybe I have to worry about the commies again, right? The Red Scare. Maybe it's popping back up again because, uh, well, it's Snyder's out, so they actually have a chance to be a relevant football franchise sure. again because they've basically been the Cleveland Browns of the NFC over the last few decades since Dan Snyder took over. So, yeah, Josh Harris was uh, – is the new owner, and Magic Johnson, the AIDS guy, is a part of the crew too. But Harris was in the broadcast booth with Joe and Troy last night. And, you know, Joe's a bit of a pantomimer, as am I, right? They talk yeah. with their hands. They make hand gestures when they're speaking. Joe does that a lot, and he was doing this during this conversation, 
and Harris thought it was meant for a handshake. And he just got the no. most awkward handshake of all time. And then watch Troy towards the end of this cut. He just he does whatever he can to keep from laughing hysterically because it is one of the most awkward moments you'll ever see. Check it out. Oh my god. I'm gonna show it again one more time. Make watch the weird handshake and then watch Troy's face after it happens. I mean you're no stranger. You're no stranger to uh professional sports teams. Oh, he was ready to break down. <laughs> Dude, I didn't watch the entirety of this game, but I did see that happen and I lost it when that happened. That was, hilarious. was his trigger tree. You're supposed to give him some candy or something. Yeah. I mean, he just has like this tiny handout, like clearly not for a handshake, but Harris no. just gives like the most little awkward, like it was more of a finger shake than a handshake oh, there. Come on, man. Get a hand in there. Grab his hand and shake it. He'd already sh- he'd already shaken his hand like twice. I don't know why he thought he needed a third one in the middle. You don't, you don't reach, hand, dude. No, you shake people's hands twice at most during a conversation. Yeah, it's hello and goodbye. Exactly. Like that's it. The start of the conversation and the end of a conversation. That is be, it. Not, not in between. No, not randomly in the middle like that. Like that is absurd. Why are you grabbing my hand? Why are you touching my hand, dude? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you're no stranger. You're no stranger to uh, professional sports teams. (laughs) Why are you (laughs) touching me? Oh, it is so good. It reminds me of, uh, man, I had, this was in Houston a couple of months ago, and I was doing radio down there, and we had a remote show, and I met a listener at, uh, at a cool spot down there near downtown, right by the soccer stadium and pretty close to Minute Maid Park club. where the Astros play. Strip club? No, did you say strip club? Yeah, was it near a strip club there? Oh, well, everywhere is near a strip club in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't in a strip club there, okay. thankfully. I don't know how many hands I want to shake in, in that place. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now this guy, like, came up to me and – Oh, no, it wasn't during a remote broadcast. I was just at a bar that we had done a remote broadcast at, but I was with a couple of buddies at this place. Just that randomly. sounds more like it. didn't sound like work. It sounds like you were just out getting drunk somewhere. Yeah, that's what it was on a Friday night. And this guy comes up to me, and he sticks his hand out to shake my hand, and he's like, BK, what's up, man? I'm a huge fan. And he just he grabs my hand you know, to shake it, and he, he doesn't let go. He does not let go. We're just shaking hands. We're, we're, we're pumping up and down, a lot of pumps on this handshake. What do you want to take it home? Like you're an action figure or something? Dude, he just, he wouldn't loosen his grip at all. Like after about five seconds, I'm like, I'm trying to pull away, but he just won't let it happen. He is like firmly grasping my hand and still shaking it up and down. And dude, I swear there were 20 pumps at least wow. in this handshake. This thing felt like it was going on for five minutes. The guy just wouldn't let go of my hand. I didn't know what to do. What was I supposed to do in that situation? Kick him in the balls. <laughs> yeah. This guy says he's a listener. Are you listening he's, happy, to this he's happy to meet me. He's happy to see me. And he's I'm supposed to kick him in the nuts after that. Yes. Get him away from you. That's long enough. Oh, the doctor is muted. Some oh, yeah. doctor he is. He tried to give a one-liner, but no one heard what he said. So I don't, you know. Hello. 
Microphone's on now. Doctor, we advice. Pumping another man 20 times is bad for the health. <laughs> he was pumping me. I wasn't. Oh, boy. I don't like that at all. I don't like saying that at all. Why are you holding dude's hands? Come <laughs> on, man. What was I supposed to do? I mean, finally, I just, I just ripped my hand out of there. Did you eventually just pull away? Yeah, I pulled out. I didn't have a choice. Man. Oh, oh no, I don't like that either. I got to work on my phrasing here. Dude, I'm telling like I, I what was I supposed to do in that? Like when when that happens to you, does that happen to you? That had never happened to me. Like usually it's just like a quick one or two up and downs, and I'll then boom, the hand, that's I'll give the bro handshake of the month, get it over with, and then get out of there. I don't like to go hand to hand with dudes. No. I just I don't I don't like all that handness. I like to give a firm, straight up handshake, beginning, a good one at the end. And I don't want that in between. And I don't want to, I don't want you cuddling my fingers. I'm a hand model. I can't afford to have people messing around with my fingers and jiggling my hand around and wanting to get a feel for my skin. Get out of here. So what what would you have done? Would you have told him, like, dude, let go? Would you have pushed him? What would you have done there? I'm telling you, I'd go straight to the nuts like an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> they know what? an orangutan knows where to go. They know how yeah. to go right to the genitalia. I'd have gone right to the genitalia. Get off of me, dude. Even What's wrong with you? Even if this guy is like, oh, Buck, I'm a huge fan, man. I've listened to you for years. You're going to kick him in the nuts? That's how you're going to reward him? Yes. Hey, you want to get close to me? You need a kick in the nuts. Let my hand go, though. I'll gladly kick you in the nuts if you let my hand go. We oh. can be friends. But as long as you continue to hold my hand, no, this is, this is not going to work. Uh, now, dude, the- there's somebody that would be able to hold my hand at any time, at any moment. Oh, the boy. captain, the captain of the New York Yankees, 27 World Championship, number two, the greatest number of all numbers, number 22. If that guy wanted to hold my hand all day and all night, it's on. It's on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're not kicking him in the nuts, but everybody no, else in the no. world. What if? What if it's a woman? Are you kicking her down there too? If she's Holding your hand too long on a handshake? What are you doing? Don't don't hit women. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't swing. Don't hit. Don't do any of that stuff. Just take it. Take it. If she wants to kiss the hand, the whole works. You let her go. If she's your fan and she's a female, you don't pull away. You don't do anything. She'll eventually let it go. She'll move along to the next dude, hold their hand. But you know, <laughs> now the dude holding the dude's hand, like not giving back his hand. Nope, right to the right to the sack. Oh, <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> the worst hand back. The worst part about me telling this story is now like everywhere we go. Somebody's gonna the, shake your hand. Yeah. All of these all of these remote broadcasts that we're talking about, all of these pregame yeah. shows that we're gonna be at with the people, they're gonna be doing this on purpose. Not just to me, they're gonna do this to you as well. You know, well, they're, they're gonna see me. They're gonna see if you're true to your word, if you're actually gonna uh rear back and try to kick someone in the nuts here. They're gonna do that to you too, man. Be ready for it. I'm telling you, not me. I'm going Bruce Lee. That's right, the Green Hornet. I'm doing all that stuff. Nobody's no. Let uh, my hand go. I don't. I don't like to have my hand. Only my wife. I like to hold hands with. That's 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 it. You know, little. I mean, even little grandkids. Get your little hands off of me. No, 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 no. Hold on to my pant leg and walk with walk with uh, coach. Mm-hmm. Don't be, no, let's not do the hand thing. Only with my wife that I want hand on hand contact. 
Well, you're going to kick your grandkids in the nuts if they're no. holding. No, no. You said no. that's what you said. Everybody in the world except for Derek Jeter is getting a kick to the groin if uh, if they're trying to hold your hand. So your grandson is getting boom. You say his name and he appears. He's almost like Doc Trey. <laughs> The guy's like the candy man, dude. Both Trey and Jeter. Oh, no. How how much would you pay for one of Derek Jeter's one-night stand gift baskets, Bucky? <laughs> oh, dude, anything for Jeets. Come on now. The captain? Are you kidding me? How about this comment? Wear a cup when you shake hands with the buck. Yeah, you're giving people cup checks around Austin. Dude, a shake is a shake. But I don't need – you don't need to fondle a hand. Just shake it. And move about your business. Don't shake it and start maneuvering pumping. it. There was a lot of pumps, dude. Too many pumps. You're just up and down that, more than twenty times. Is that is that a Houston thing? Maybe it only it only happened to me once. Like I, I have shaken plenty of hands over the course of my life, as have you, as has everybody, right? Yeah. That's the only time where it's been like more than three or four seconds to where our hands have been locked, and that guy just would. I mean, it, it was over. It was over 20 seconds. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Well, you're like, lucky he didn't give you a hug with that because that hug, when they bring in there close, you got to watch out for that. Oh, that, yeah, that happens all the time, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, dude, well, I don't, I don't be, know you, and you smell weird. Yeah, like, it, it, a, hug. That, a hug becomes a hug and a kiss. That's what you have to watch out for. What? <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, dude, I don't. If you bring me in there tight and give you a little pat on the back, that's okay. But I don't need a hug and a kiss to go along with it. Or that's, a long extended 20 pump handshake. What is wrong with you? What's and, wrong with you people? Yeah, not me. Don't blame this on me. All right. This was the person's fault. The guy who was shaking my hand. Now, what has someone ever tried to give you a kiss? Like one of our listeners? No, but the, the hug can get long too. You know, yeah, of course. Well, there's a difference between a long hug and a hug and a kiss. I'm cool with the long hug with like one of my boys that I haven't seen in a while. But well, a- I'm waiting for the kiss. If the hug's going to be that long, I know what's coming next. You know what I'm saying? We should have we should have <laughs> backed away 15 seconds ago. Why are you still all up on me? Like you I, said, with that bad cologne, why are you still up on me? Just I don't shake, know. Shake I, my hand. I love I love a good firm handshake. I don't like a dead fish. And that dude gave. Joe Buck, he gave him the dead fish, too. I mean, you know, look, the little teeny little fingers in there, like the little Tootsie Roll fingers. <laughs> he didn't even handshake him. I thought when he had his hand out like that, I thought he was going to give him the real shake. But he, like you said, Tootsie Rolled him a little bit, you know? <laughs> One more time. I mean, you're no stranger. You're no stranger to uh, professional sports teams. Uh, you're no stranger to back too like joe realizes that harris is going down for the handshake and he tries to get out of there in time but it just doesn't happen and it leads to that horrific scene that was horrific oh was man awful. all right how about how about uh how about this too your guy kirk cousins you were wearing your vi queens hat yesterday yes kirk we cousins a lot of hey we all we won an awful lot of games last year yeah okay. how, how'd you do in the playoffs not good no lost good Giants at home got your ass kicked in that game too. That wasn't close. I'm curious to see what Minnesota is going to be this year. Did you watch? Um, have you watched that Netflix series? No, quarterbacks. Yeah. No. I've only seen the first two or three episodes. It's very good. I need to finish uh, the rest of the show before football season gets here. Kirk Cousins. I think everybody knows. I think you know that he was uh, one of the quarterbacks featured on that uh, was, season yep. one of that first series or of that series. Excuse me. And, man, I feel like a lot of people out there 
Rudo like Kirk Cousins a lot more yeah, than they did. Kind of likable. Yeah, very likable guy. Like he's just like one of us, except he's really good at football. Like yeah. that's you know, f- certain certain players are like no, they're just a different breed. Like they go about forget just football and their profession. They go about life in a completely different manner than the average human being does. Now Kirk Cousins like married with a couple of kids. He's just an ordinary dude who happens to have a really really good arm and is really really good at quarterback. And I think a lot of people just kind of grew to love him a little bit because of just how ordinary of a guy he was. Yeah, he doesn't and, have that weirdness about him. He's just a dude. Well, he is weird. He doesn't have that, like, over-the-top meathead football right. personality about him. But he is weird. we're all weird. Like, he's weird like us. I think that's something that, uh, sure. that makes Kirk Cousins one of the more relatable players in football nowadays. And he goes through ups and downs. Like, he's not perfect. That's obvious. If you followed his career, it hasn't always been great. And he's I think that's another – Oh, yeah. Yeah. That part of Kirk Cousins life is not relatable. No. But uh, the fact that he hasn't always been the best at his job and he's had some highs and he's had some lows. There's a lot there. Well, Kirk Cousins is the ultimate football guy. This is from uh, your Vikings preseason game this past weekend. And here he is on the sideline. He's wearing a full uniform, but he's not wearing shoulder pads. So he's got the pants, he's got the leg pads, he's wearing a helmet, but he's not <laughs> hes not wearing shoulder pads because he's not playing in this game, and he's still in full uniform celebrating uh, something that happened on the field for his team. What is wrong with him? <laughs> I've never seen that before. Like, I'll see guys wear their jersey on the sidelines. as like his bucket hat. Where the hell is his bucket hat at? Yeah, you know, guys are wearing their jersey to show support. Like Dak is wearing his Prescott jersey, but he's not wearing, you know, the team pants, and he's not wearing his helmet. Like, he literally just has his jersey on, and he's got a hat, like a baseball cap on the sideline. Kirk Cousins, the ultimate football guy, but also the ultimate weirdo, literally wearing full uniform except for the shoulder pads on the sideline during a preseason game. This guy is something else, man. Boy, that is so stupid. That is your quarterback right there, Buck. Taking me to the playoffs because, no, Detroit, you're not getting in. (laughs) You and Dan Campbell aren't going anywhere. You may think you are, but you're not. That's our division. Oh, you're calling back-to-back. The Vikings winning the North again, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. How about the Lions being favored to win that division this year? What a weird year it is that that's happening. People have so much faith in Dan Campbell and his madness. Uh, although he does have a pretty good all, he got a pretty pretty good offense. Did pretty well in the draft. He's gonna ha- he's gonna have some players on defense because that defense and that secondary, they sucked last year. They were the suckiest. Yeah, all the NFL teams I thought, but they're doing some things there offensively, you know, and they feel pretty good about their quarterback right now and their run game. But they're not getting past the Vikings. That's not going to happen. You and, guys stink. And Green Bay. Come on. Yeah, obviously we'll see what Jordan Love looks like. He's actually looked pretty good in the preseason to this point. I'm still not a huge believer into Jordan Love. Uh, I feel you like – You don't want that to happen, do you? No, that would suck. Oh, my God. I just want the Packers to understand what life is like not having a Hall of Fame quarterback because every Packers fan my age and even some a few years older have never experienced what having quarterback trouble is like. And, man, I, I I dealt with a ton of it growing up 
you know, b- between Aikman and Romo. Like Romo was obviously really good. Dak's really good. They're yes. not Favre and Rogers level, right? I mean, those those guys are Hall of Famers, and the Cowboys two guys are not. But in between Aikman and Romo and the Drew Henson years, the Quincy Carter years, the Vinny Testaverde years, I mean, it was a struggle for a long time in Dallas to find a quarterback. Packers fans haven't had to deal with that because they just went from a legend to another legend. So I hope, nothing against Jordan Love. I'm sure he's a great kid, but I hope that guy is terrible at football, and I hope the Packers have <laughs> oh, He's just terrible at football, huh? I hope he sucks. I know you do too. You're a Vikings fan. You hope the Packers are terrible every always. year. Always. Yeah. Always yeah, do. Yeah, I always have. I really, really have. You know, listening to some of the sarcasts that we've had this morning, you know, very interesting – about how he feels about continues to feel about this football team. I mean, you can see his confidence building what he sees every day with this group. And 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 the key is once again is how he feels confident about his quarterback and his quarterback play because he knows that that's they're they're only one hit away from having to have another quarterback in. And not many quarterbacks in college football last throughout the entire season. You know, the USC's quarterback when they really needed him got hurt at the at the very end. And they, they needed him desperately to play. And so Sark, that 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 look of confidence for me with him is the fact that he's, he's doing a good job with the backup, with the young kids that are backups to Quinn Ewers. Now, we want to have Quinn Ewers for 12 games, but you just never know. I mean, even if you miss a guy for a half of a football game, things can happen to your team that can go south on you. You can lose a football game. But he looks like the kind of – he looks like a coach that feels confidence that he's been coaching them up. And, and some of the things that he, he's done as being a quarterback coach and a former quarterback himself has gotten through to some of the, to all of them, to the, to the backups. I think he feels confident. You know, you and I talked about what if something happened. You said cancel the playoffs, cancel them winning the championship. Yeah. I think Sarkis, as this year goes on, BK, and knock on wood that Quinn Ewers will stay healthy, I think he'll feel real, real good about this group as they get into conference play, as they get into Big 12 play, if they once they get past the Alabama game, he's going to feel confident that the other two young quarterbacks can come in and do a job. Need be in a game, two games, a half, a quarter, two series. I think he's going to feel good about his coaching ability. I, I think he feels like I'm getting through to these guys. Yeah, you know, if my yeah. quarterback is running 20 miles an hour, I'm getting through. You know, what I'll I'm tell saying? you what, I'll feel very confident about Texas going into Big 12 play if they win in Tuscaloosa on September 9th. For sure. Right? Like that's going to go a long way into every Texas fan feeling confident. And look, if Texas loses a close game at Alabama, not a lot of shame in a loss like that. And I still think Texas will be the favorite in the Big 12 going into conference play. But obviously, if they find a way to win on the road against that oh, coach yeah. and that team in that place, then all of a sudden the expectations change a little bit. And you start talking about the college football playoff and not just you know a two or three loss season and finding your way to the Big 12 championship game at the end of the year. So that's where the team gets the confidence. That's where the fan base gets the confidence. But it's those sandwich games around Alabama. Yes. It's Rice in week one. It's Wyoming in week three. Like, you don't want your backups playing against Alabama. All right? You're, you're not going to beat the crap out of them to where your backups get to play and mop no, up. You're, you're going to be in a dogfight for four quarters. Yeah, the, the only way your backups play in that game is if something happens to Quinn Ewers again in that game. So you, right. you do not want to see Malik Murphy or Arch Manning play on September 9th, but you sure as hell want to see both of those guys on September 2nd. For and sure. you want to see both of those guys against Wyoming. I think Wyoming's a little better than Rice, but you know that's, that's still a team that Texas should win against by 30-plus. So you hope that in the 
fourth quarter, especially maybe even in the third quarter that you're able to get uh, those two guys, some actual in-game reps just in case, because any Texas fan knows like it's, it's a rarity at Texas for a quarterback to start the season and play all 12 games and finish the season. Like we've had a very, very difficult time keeping our quarterbacks upright around these parts. A lot of it has to do with offensive line struggles. A lot of it just has to do with bad injury luck. Odds are you're going to need one of those two guys to step up and do what you're talking about. Play a quarter, play a half, play a couple of series. You need to make sure that those guys are ready to go. Because Texas, if yours misses a half a football buck, then that shouldn't change Texas's goals this season. No. They should still be playing for a Big 12 championship game. If Quinn Ewers misses a full game this season, Texas should still be playing for the Big 12 championship. If Ewers has to miss four or five games, then to me, all bets are off because I just I haven't seen Murphy or Arch in game action, and I don't know if they're ready yet. But no, like odds are you're going to need your quarterback, one of those two quarterbacks, to step in and play some this year. For sure. You just can't have the offense completely fall apart when that does go down. You know, you're, you're right about quarterback play here and how, you know, guys don't start the year and finish the year. You know, I always leave that up to Texas Tech because I always know that their starter will not finish the year. I know that's a, that's like a fact that's going to happen because that's just the way it happens out there in Lubbock. But I never thought about Texas. You're right about that. Guys don't seem to finish out. Well, and it's it's hard. It's hard at any any level for that to happen, you know. It didn't happen in Michigan. Now the kids now the starter, McCarthy. But, you know, he had to battle with somebody else. He had to go through injury in order to get to where he would. Now, C.J. Stroud, I think, played the played all of last year, did he not? He, they didn't have a backup plan. No, I think he stayed healthy throughout uh, the entirety of last season. Now, now, Georgia's so- quarterback has played for three years and still hadn't had a degree yet, still didn't have his degree from Georgia. How, How is that, that possible? How is that, that possible? there all that, that long and not have a degree from Georgia? He didn't uh, go to college to play no school, Buck. No, he did not go to play school, that's for sure. Yeah, that guy was there forever. So I don't know, man. I mean, you're right. Yeah, hopefully those two other quarterbacks get to see some run against Rice and Wyoming. And yeah, it would be nice for Quinn Ewers to stay healthy and play all 12 games this season because obviously this team's best chance of reaching its potential is if they've got number three under center uh, throughout the entirety of the year. But God, just get them through Alabama, man. Like that's that's what I want to see. It's just, you know, the last two times Texas and Alabama have played like we've had the exact same conversation leaving the game. You know, what if our quarterback stayed healthy? Like in the national championship game, obviously that one meant a whole hell of a lot more than just a week two regular season game last year. But that was the conversation. It's like, yes. God, what, what would have happened if Colt stayed healthy? I, I think, hell, Greg McElroy, who was quarterbacking Alabama, said Texas would have won that game if Colt stayed healthy. I think it's obvious that Texas, maybe I'm biased. I am biased. But I think it's obvious that Texas would have won that national championship if uh, if Colt McCoy stayed healthy, I don't know how obvious last year was, but uh, we all know that Quinn Ewers was picking that Alabama defense apart for that first quarter of that game last year. And I just want to get through an Alabama game where the quarterback can just stay healthy so we don't have that what could have been or that what if conversation that we've been forced to have for years when we're talking about these two teams playing. Yeah, and what if, after we've talked to Howard Griffith yesterday, what if – Penn State is in the national hunt to get back into the playoffs. What about the Nittany Lions? Is that possible? Do you heard him? He's picking them as the number three team in the Big Ten. Number two. Number two? Yeah, he's got them ahead of Ohio Ohio State. State. Behind them. That's right. When Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. And he's not picking out the dogs from Michigan State to do anything. Sparty. 
No, nor should he. He said when it comes down to the big recruiting battles, they can't win. They, they just won't win those battles over Ohio State or Michigan right now or Penn State. He's picking Maryland to be in the Big Ten race. Yeah, over Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's like there, there's a bunch of different tiers in the Big Ten East, right? Like Michigan and Ohio State, to me, are on their own tier. Absolutely. Penn State, Penn State is right there. Now, a lot of people would argue that Penn State belongs in that top tier, and I know one year they did win the Big Ten. But still, I, I don't think they have shown the consistent ability to be on the level of Michigan or Ohio State. So I'm going to put them in there with Iowa. I'm going to put them in their own tier in the Big Ten East. Like they're in tier two. And then tier three, just on that half of the conference, that's where you have Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, and Rutgers, yeah, Rutgers is in the tier below that. They're, they're in their own tier at the very, very bottom in the Big Ten. But good luck to your Penn State Nittany Lions this yes. year. Like you root for them more than you root for Texas these no, days. No, I root for Texas more than I root for anybody. Yeah, that's, that that's is true. Will always be true. There you go. Uh, a couple, my little couple more root for that group. There you go. Yeah, should be a big year for Penn State. Couple more uh, sponsors to shout out, Buck. How about Seven Eleven? Our guy Ashish, yeah. who runs a few different Seven Elevens throughout the Austin area. I know they've got the snacks. You're a big fan of their 7-Eleven pizza. They've got the nachos, the hot dogs, the taquitos, the coffee in the morning, the Gatorades, the Big Gulps, the Slurpees, everything you need to get you through the summer, you can find at 7-Eleven. Yeah, my, my special Lake Austin Boulevard, of course, before my Monday night poker nights. Got to go there and get all my – get to hydrate with my Gatorades and everything that I need from that place. And, and of course, my Austin American Statesman, the hard copy – Still getting at that. That's right. There's still a man that still reads the hard copy. That would be me. That's yeah. soon to be gone, probably too, isn't it? So you I still have. You yeah. still have it. You still have your BlackBerry, though. Yeah, it's over here, but I have not. I have not taken it out of the wrapper. It's a new one I left in there, and I have what they call a. Oh boy. Regular old iPhone now. See that right there? That little thing. What iPhone is that? Do you know what number it is? I think it's like. Eight, seven in that area. <laughs> Golly. That's not that I, bad, is it? Do you still have the home button at the bottom, that little square button that you can push? It's a round one. It's a little circle. Yeah, okay. You yeah, still have it. it. God, that's old school, man. Really? Is that, that's bad stuff? Dude, they're releasing the iPhone 15 this year. Wow. That means if you're on the 7 or the 8, then you're 7 or 8 years behind. Behind what? Behind the times. Really, I'm st I'm still taking some of my best photographs, BK, BK, and the rest of you world out there with this. That's right, the <laughs> iPad. The, nothing takes better pictures than the oh. iPad. I've still got that. Oh my god! Does anybody god. have the iPad any longer? Or yeah. these things just what are they? This thing takes the best. I got some of the greatest pictures from Alaska on this right here. You can't take those kind of pictures on your iPhone. You know what I mean? You can if you get a new iPhone. You don't need to bring that giant tablet everywhere you go. You just get a new phone. Is that, probably... is that what it is? It's about convenience. Is that what it's all about with these things? Yeah. Just take your phone out of your pocket and boom, you're good to go. You've got a great camera right there. I have to take that. You're one of those dudes that takes the iPad to the baseball games. That cracks <laughs> me up. You wore that. Put that down. They're wearing it like on their neck. They've got like a necklace that holds their iPad. It's like, dude, what are you doing? They're going to picture of the grandkids playing volleyball. God, that is something else. I am never getting rid of that for picture taker. I just won't. You're, 
Oh, you should. You should. One more shout out to our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. Go see our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals to help you tackle any job that you may have. They offer an extensive selection of rental equipment for everything from a small project at home to a large construction job. They've got all the biggest brands, a massive selection. I'm telling you, they've got everything you need. Shout out to Brandon Mars, our guys over there. Love this dude. The type of guy you want to have a beer with, Hell, maybe a whole case of beers with. Great guy. Runs a great show at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. They are Austin's number one source for all of your rentals, sales, and supplies. Two Austin area locations. Check them out online, topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. All right. We'll get Quan Cosby at some point later this week. No sure we tomorrow. will. Yeah, I know. He's going to big time us again. Unbelievable. Now nah, we love Quan. He's a good buddy of both of ours. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with him very soon. Bucky, enjoy your load management day tomorrow thank you very much i will be working in the process today leading yes. up to that trying to get it done for our five thousand subscriber yes it'll be more like you said it'll be more than one prize that we'll get out there but we're going to get out a big big prize to, when we get to five thousand. and so keep on coming folks we really appreciate it i appreciate you i appreciate what you've doing bk trey the whole gang and let it build that's all i can say just let it build Absolutely. The great Adam Wagner, a.k.a. Wags, will be co-hosting with me tomorrow morning, making his Texas Sports Unfiltered debut. Well, that just spoiled everything. <laughs> that dude? Yep, that dude is coming on. Later today, Trey and BK, 12 to 1. Chip and Zay, 1 to 3. And then Trey and KD doing a special show from 3 to 4. Make sure you like this video if you haven't yet. Subscribe to this channel, please. And the Buck will see you all on Thursday, and I will see you all in a couple of hours. Thanks so much for watching. Hook'em. Hook